Blog Talk Radio. In your presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence, oh Lord my God. In your presence, that's where I belong. Seeking. 
Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. I'm really happy to be here to be speaking of and sharing the things that the Lord's been revealing to me and what the Lord would like His people to know in this time. But before I start, um, I would like to open up with a word of prayer. Um, so let's all um, close our eyes and, and know that we're in the presence of the Lord and let's open up our hearts and let's ask the Lord Jesus to come and to touch us, to speak to us, to minister to us and to change what He wants to change. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we humbly come before you this day. Father, I pray that you forgive all of us of all of our sins. Forgive all of us of all of our iniquities. Oh, Father God, make everything new in our lives. Oh, Jesus, we invite you to come. Oh, Jesus, without you, there is no life. There is only death. Father God, I pray that you'd come and that you would let your light fill this place. Oh, Lord Jesus. Come, Father God, and fill, Lord Jesus, the airwaves, Father God, the, 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 the transmission lines, Father God, with your Holy Spirit. Oh, Father God, come and take over every one of us. Come and take over our homes. Come and take over our lives. Come and take over our families. Oh, Lord Jesus, we invite you to come and to do your will. Oh, Father God, we ask you to establish your kingdom in our hearts, oh, Lord Jesus. Because, Father God, where there is your presence, there is your Spirit, O oh Lord. And where there is your Spirit, O oh Lord, there is an answer, Father God. There is freedom and there is deliberation. Oh, Father God, pour your anointing, pour your presence upon us. Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that you'd fill all my brethren, and all my sisters, with your Holy Spirit. 
spirit. Oh, Father God, with your holy fire, come into us and come and cleanse us. Oh, Jesus, come and pour out your anointing. Come and pour out your favor. Oh, Father God, let your will be done in all of us right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, break every curse. Oh, God, break every yoke. Oh, God, break every bondage. In the name of Jesus, I reverse every work of Satan in the lives of anyone that is listening. I rebuke the works of the devil from the lives of all my brothers and all my sisters that are on. Oh, Father God, forgive them of all their sins. Father God, forgive me too of all my sins. Forgive us of our sins. Oh, Father God, your word says that if we confess our sins to you, Father God, you are faithful and just to forgive us. So, Father God, we humbly come before you. And, Father God, we actually forgive us of all of our sins. Father God, make us holy and clean. Oh, Father God, let us become perfect, priceless virgins before you, oh Lord. Oh, cleanse us, Father God, of all sin and of all iniquity. Father God, I pray that as, as I'm going to speak, let these words not be my own. But, Father God, let them be your own words. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you speak to me. I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus that you will touch your people, that you minister to your people, that, Father God, the spiritual blockades in your ears will be removed and that you'd open up their ears so that they could hear you. They will not be spiritually deaf anymore, but, Father God, you'd open up their ears spiritually so that they could hear you, Father, so that they could know your word and that they could know your will. So, Father God, I thank you for this time. Father, thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Oh, Jesus, come. Jesus, come and touch everyone. Because, Jesus, without you, we can't do anything. Jesus, we need you more than the air that we breathe. Oh, Jesus, come, come. Oh, Jesus, come. Come and speak to my brothers and my sisters. Oh, Jesus, come and minister to them. Oh, Jesus, come and pour your spirit to them. Oh, Jesus, come. Come and let your will be done. Oh, Jesus, come and let your will be done. Pour out your spirit. Oh, Jesus, pour out your favor. Oh, Jesus, pour out your love, your joy, and your mercy, Father God, and your tender, loving kindness, and your grace, Father God. Show it to your people, Father God. Show them how great and mighty you are. And Father God, I also pray, Father God, for all the Muslims and all those, Father God, that are worshiping other false idols. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would let them know the truth, Father God. Let them know the only truth. That is your son, Jesus. That it is he that died, and it was he that rose up on the third day. He defeated and overcame death. Father God, and right now he's seated at, a, at your right hand side, Father God. And you have put all things underneath him, and you have given all authority to your holy son, Jesus. So, Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that you would please set people free, set your captives free. Father God, deliver those that need to be delivered. Father God, heal those that need to be healed. And Father God, anoint my lips and speak through me, Father. Let these words not be my own, but Father God, let them be yours. Father, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Forgive us, forgive us, please, Jesus, forgive us. We repent, God, make everything new, Father. We are so sorry. Father God, make everything new. We humbly come before you, we repent. Forgive us of all of our sins, Jesus. Restore all of our hearts, our souls, our minds, and make everything new in all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. With thanksgiving, amen. Yes, shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome, everyone, to the Lord's hour. I'm really happy to be here, to be sharing, and to be speaking of what the Lord the Lord would like his people to know in this time. I'd like to encourage all of you to know that we're still in the waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is coming so soon. He's coming so, so soon. And I encourage all of you to, to to keep waiting and just to keep waiting for him. Because the word of God says, you know, as we wait and as we endure, it's like we become clean. It's like the word of God purges us and we become more perfect. And, you know, it's like God is waiting for us to be ripe. 
Because as you all know, there are still so many people that are still living in sin. So many people that think they're a bride, so many people that think they're ready are still not ready. And God loves, and you know, God would love to save, would love to save and harvest a huge, a huge, a huge, a huge, a huge plentiful amount of souls. So God desires that so many people be saved. So that's why I encourage all of you brothers and sisters to keep helping other people, keep doing the work of God, that is spreading the word of our Lord Jesus, that is helping to make sure that souls are saved. Do all you can to make sure that brothers and sisters are delivered from their sins and their their chains are broken. Pray for them, fast for them, you know, help them in any way that you can. Show them the love of Jesus Christ because it is through that love that they could see, that they could really know that you really are a follower of Jesus. Because in this because in, in, in this way, they will know that Jesus sent you. They will know that you are a true disciple of Jesus. As if you show the love of God. So make sure that you show the love of God everywhere you go and all that you do. And, and how can you show the love of God yourself? How can you show the love of God to someone if you yourself have not even experienced the love of God? And that is through seeking the Lord. That is through letting Jesus touch your heart. That is through letting Jesus make that great difference in your life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He is so good. He's so wonderful. He's the most marvelous God that we could ever have. And Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. But He's the Word. He's the Word in the flesh. He is Father, God, in the flesh. I know many people probably might not understand or agree, but this is a revelation that you know you receive once the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. So ask the Lord. Seek the Lord about this. Fast about this. And ask Father God. If he is his son Jesus in the flesh. And he'll tell you that yes, it's true. Because it's true. Father God is is his precious, wonderful son Jesus Christ in the flesh. And and he's given, he's given all authority to his son. All authority belongs to him. Jesus is the word. Jesus is so special. He's so precious. He's above any other God. He's, ab- he's above all these other false gods. These Buddha, all these other things that people are worshipping, people have to open their eyes and see that these these false gods, these false de- they're just demons, okay? People are just worshipping demons and principalities and in the last dream I had that I shared on the Lord's Hour, the Lord showed me that, that Satan was, was, was very fat, he was very fat and my understanding that I received from Satan being very fat was because he he had, he had been able to devour a lot. He had been able to devour a lot of what God wanted his people to receive. He's, he was able, to, he had succeeded in stealing and deceiving so many souls. He had succeeded in taking, taking a lot of things away from God's people. The Lord is showing me that Satan was succeeding because people were allowing him to. That was why he was so fat. But the truth is, Satan didn't have any power. Because all power belongs to God. All power belongs to Jesus. And God has given all that power to you and I. Because when you receive His Son, Jesus, all, all that power begins to dwell in you. It lives in you. It dwells in you. So I want all of you to know that the Word of God, it's, it's living and it's powerful. It's sharper than every double-edged sword. It pierces and divides through bone and marrow and soul and spirit. And it's a discerner 
other thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is so powerful, and you need the, you need this word so that you can cut all the sin and all the darkness that is in your life out, so that Satan will not overcome you, so that Satan will not defeat you, because Satan just comes off. He masquerades as as someone that could overcome, but he can't. He can't, because in a dream, the Lord did show me this, and he was he was very fat, and he looked like he had power, he could do something, but. But that was because of the open doors that we have. If you have open doors to sin, meaning if you sin, Satan has rights. He could come in to your life and he can knock you down. He could take you out. Because, you know, the Word of God says in James, yes, as it says in James, that, um, you know, it starts from a desire. You get a desire to sin. And then when you don't overcome that desire, that desire will give birth to sin. And when you don't repent of your sin or stop sinning, your sin will eventually lead to death, and you will die. And there's more detail to this death than most people think. Well, it's it's not just that. Like I know some people might think of it as, well, when you sin and everything, it means you die by a car accident, and then you you lose your life. But there's actually more to it than that. It's not just talking about dying to a car accident physically. Because some people could die to car accidents and still go to heaven. And, you know, people could die in so many means. But just because someone dies physically, it doesn't mean that their spirit is dead. Someone could die physically but be alive in their soul and in their spirit. And someone could be alive physically and be dead in their spirit. So what James was talking about in the scripture was that sin would let you die in your spirit and that death is a death that is in your spirit and once you're dead in your spirit you're eventually going to die because if you're dead in your spirit you're um you're temporary because you haven't crossed over to the permanent the 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 immortal yet so once there's sin in your heart your sin if sin accumulates and it then it means that you will eventually die and once you die you're gone and you once you're gone, once you die, you're going straight to hell. So what James was talking about here is that when someone sins, they die in their spirit, they die in their soul. He's not talking about physical death where someone dies by a car accident or dies in a hospital. No, because people die in the hospital and go to heaven, and that death is just a crossing over. It's not really real death. Real death is when someone dies in their spirit, and that's what you want to avoid. Dying physically, it's it's nothing. It's 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 nothing. Even the disciples and even Jesus, they went through it. Jesus went through it so that we would all be saved. So I mean, if if Jesus, if the Lord calls you home and He lets you die, thank Him for it. I mean, after every when you go to, I mean, you'll be thankful for everything. It's not really that's not really the death that James was talking about, because because the real death that you should watch out for and to be and you should be careful of is the spiritual death that you get when you sin. Because when you sin, your soul literally dies. And when your soul is dead, Satan can easily come and drag you and just drag a soul to hell and, and just kill you physically. And that's what you have to be you have to avoid. Because sin gives Satan and demons power over your life. There are so many times that people struggle. There's so many times that people suffer. There's so many times that People go through things and they complain and they're hurt and they're unhappy and they're really sad about, you know, what they're going through. And the reason is 
is because demons are influencing your life in ways that you can't see because there's invisible beings, invisible falling angels called demons and their sole purpose, what 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 they're what they're doing is to destroy God's creation, is to drag all humans, all souls to hell especially. And that's what their focus is on. And how do you allow demons in your life? How you allow demons in your life if you sin, if you repeatedly do things you're not supposed to do, if you sin and you don't repent. Demons are real and they and you know, they're always around. They they come in to attack people unexpectedly. If you have a gift of discernment, then you could discern the demons when they come around to attack you. But as I, as, as, I, as I said previous in the Lord's Hour, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. All of you have to know this. The real battle is not in the flesh. So everyone, try not to, try not to hate your brothers and sisters and try not to be angry at your brothers and sisters. Try to love them because remember, they're in the image of God. And if you do something to your brother or sister, it's exactly like you're doing it to Jesus. When you love someone, when you're loving to someone, when you help someone, or when you give someone food that needs food, or when you help someone that needs desperate help, you're not helping them, you're helping Jesus. Because everything that you do, it's as it's, it's like you're doing... Because when you do something to someone, because man was made in the image of God, and it's like we were created like God, because... The Word of God says, you know, He's made his, has He not made us like God? As God is, so are we. As He is, so are we. God has made us very similar to Him, but He's the greatest of all. And He's made us like little baby gods. He's made us like Him. And when you do something to someone, you're doing it to Jesus. You're doing it to God. That's exactly how, how it is like. So in your daily lives, as you go, around, if you, as you go about and going and coming, coming back, in your daily lives, um, watch the deeds you do, watch the things you say, and be careful to make sure that everything you do, you're doing it as though you are doing it to Jesus. Because really, everything you do, you do it to Jesus. If you lie to someone, you're lying to Jesus. And that's how you're going to be judged. You're going to be judged according to to what you have done. And and everything you've done is as though you did to Jesus. So if you if if Jesus takes your sin away, then he saved you from your sins. But what it is is if you go back to your sins, if you return to your vomit, then it means you re- rejected your salvation and you will you you become a sinner again. And what it is, you need to become born again. Um what I'm trying to say is this that your salvation is not really it's it's like how do I say this? The love of the love that God has for you is conditional. It, I mean, it's, it's unconditional. I mean, it's not conditional. It's unconditional. Whether you sin or don't sin, whether you do good or bad, God still loves you. The love that God has for you is unconditional. I'm sorry for for the slip of tongue in my earlier sentence. The love that God has for you is unconditional. He loves you regardless. Whether you're a sinner or you do good, God still loves you. But heaven can only accept what is righteous and what is holy. So it's like when you sin, you will lose your salvation. When you sin, you lose your robe. When you sin, you lose your status as a bride. So you could be a bride today and tomorrow you could be a sinner that's going to hell if they don't repent. So it's 
it's like you have to fight to keep your salvation status constant because um God, the love that God has for us is not conditional. God has unconditional love for us, but our salvation is conditional. It's based on con- it's like it's based on the terms and conditions. If you believe in Jesus and if you obey the laws of Jesus, you if you love Jesus because it is only those that truly love Jesus that will be changed. Because for some people, as it says in, in Timothy, you know, some people on the outside, they do everything that they should do, but in their hearts, they reject the true power that could save them. Some people do the deed. They go to church. They pray. They fast. They do everything that a Christian would do, except they don't have the heart of a Christian. They don't have the heart that loves Jesus. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, the most important thing that you need as a Christian is loving Jesus. That trumps every other thing. What you need is to love Jesus. It's not about your deeds. Like, focus on working on your heart and make sure that your heart is a heart that loves Jesus. That is what God cares about the most because that, that's what makes you a true bride, when you love Jesus. Because a bride and a husband, their relationship is based on marriage. And marriage is based on, you know, love. And, and that's when you become a bride of Jesus. When you really love Jesus. So I encourage all of you to make sure that your heart is in the right place with Jesus. Yes, as it says in the word of God, the Lord is coming for a pure and a spotless bride. A bride that that has given everything and that has surrendered everything to the Lord. And, you know, that is deeply in love with the Lord. That is waiting for the Lord. God wants a bride that is like... Let's say if the Lord was coming just right now, if He came right now, you'd be ready to go with Him. You won't tell the Lord, Lord, I, I, I need to do one more thing. I have something left to do. No, the Lord doesn't want that. The Lord wants a bride that is ready right now. That would, If the Lord would appear right now, you'd be ready to go with Him right now. And that's what really makes someone a true bride, someone that's ready at all times. When you sin and you know you don't repent, you just begin to lose your status as a bride because you're not ready. And the Lord explained this to me in detail. Yes, um, I had this dream. Um, yeah, a while ago it was yeah many years ago, but I but I still rem- I still remember, because I mean that's one of the 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 marks or the trademarks or that's one of the things about dreams you get from God. No matter how how long you you had since the time you had them, you're usually able always I'm mean, usually able to always remember them. And in this dream, I saw this young boy. He was around the age he was. He was, let's say, approaching um, becoming an adolescent or a teenager. He he had not really reached the age of. Um, um, he was like let's say, at most maybe twelve years old. He was between let's say eight and twelve. And in this dream, I saw the little boy, and Jesus had come down for him. I saw Jesus. Jesus had gold hair. He was really tall. Jesus looked like a really tall man. He looked like he was he was I mean from the dream he looked really tall, like over um let's say over about over six over six foot. I knew that I felt like in the dream he was over six foot. He looked so handsome and he had like gold hair that was slightly curled, like it was gold, but the the tips was there was a slight there was a turnover at the tips and it was slightly curled and it was gold and it was so beautiful and Jesus looked so handsome and so beautiful and his face was so beautiful. His face was filled with like 
joy and happiness. And it's like he saw, and I could tell, like I could feel that Jesus was so happy that he was coming to pick the little boy up to heaven. And I saw, I saw that in the dream. Um, he was Jesus was also wearing such a beautiful robe, and he looked really tall and really, really, really handsome. And and he was so happy to come down to pick up the boy to take him up to heaven. But Jesus also showed me that even though the boy was just a little boy, he had reached a point where, because he knew what was good and bad, he could choose. He had reached a point where he could choose. I think the the boy had reached the, the age of accountability, and he had, he had reached the age where he could choose the difference between bad and wrong. I mean, bad and good and wrong and right. And in this dream, Jesus came and he was Jesus was standing in front of the little boy, talking to him because. And in the dream, I could just see how how Jesus loves little children. Jesus loves children of 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 every kind, of of all races, of 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 all of all sizes. Jesus just loved this boy so much, and and I saw he was um. Yeah, this boy was was yeah he was a a small he was. Yeah, he didn't look that big. He looked he looked like a, a young little boy. He was this this boy in this in this small um um this small. I could see that in the dream, Jesus had come for this boy, and and this boy was was in this this African this small African country, and Jesus came to pick him up to take him to heaven, and in the dream, the boy was so happy, and he was like so excited to meet Jesus, and. Jesus was ready to pick him up. Jesus was taking him up to heaven. But um the little boy said um 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 but this is what the boy told Jesus after Jesus told him that he had come to pick him up. The boy said, "Um um well, Jesus, I there's something that I really like that I want to go pick up. I want to go get the thing that I really like." And I think it was a kind of food or something. And then the boy, when the boy told Jesus I, um, he he just left. The boy went off. When I could, from what I remember, the boy just went off and went to pick up what he had, what what he wanted. It was something that he really it was one of his favorite things that he really liked to to eat when he was, you know, or something that he really liked to eat. So he went off to go get what he liked. And when he went to take it, when he came back, Jesus was gone. And he was really disappointed and really sad. And he was looking for Jesus but he he couldn't find Jesus and i could see that around the time that Jesus came and was talking to the boy to pick him up i could see that the the clouds had changed the sky had changed the 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 spirit and the atmosphere was so different it felt like something great was happening and it felt like the only thing that mattered was Jesus and the only thing that matters mattered was the word of God. I could see that in the atmosphere, all the things, you know, businesses, people's life affairs, didn't matter anymore. The only thing that mattered was Jesus. I could just feel that so strong in the atmosphere. And the clouds had changed. The sun was different. Like, the sun was looking sort of golden-y. I don't, like, the clouds were looking gold, like, like, excuse my, excuse my term for golden-y. Excuse for using that term, golden-y. I'm sorry about using that term. Um, but it had like a golden glow. The clouds were golden and they had like this really unusual color in the clouds. The atmosphere had changed and the atmosphere was so different and it was gold. And it was they had this color and it was so beautiful. And Jesus had come to pick up 
this little boy to heaven. Because it says, no, you know, Jesus, he, he loves little children so much. And, you know, this boy, he he didn't really know so much about what he was doing. And, you know, when he left off and Jesus came and he left Jesus to go pick up that one thing. When he came back, Jesus was gone. Jesus was no longer there. And in this dream, the Lord spoke a lot to me. The Lord let me know a lot that he wanted his people to know. That when children reach a certain age, they will be held accountable for their actions. They will be held accountable for what they do. And I don't know what age it was. I, I really forgot the age a child was. But it was, let's say, between, let's say, I'm not sure, but it was, you could say it was between maybe 8 and maybe 13 years old. He could be somewhere there or maybe even 9 and 8 years old. I don't remember. But in this part of the dream, the Lord showed me that the child had, had what the Lord is showing that the child had also reached the age of accountability where they know the where they, they knew the difference between right and wrong and good and bad. So so parent, I encourage you with, 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 with all the strength and passion that I have to do all you can to raise your children well. If they haven't reached the age of accountability, like if they're babies or toddlers, then then I mean then I mean it's it's okay because they're gonna go home to heaven either way because Little children don't go to hell. They're going, they're going to go to heaven. God's going to take them to heaven. But once they reach a certain age where they they can judge between good and bad, then they will be judged. So I encourage you to, if you know that your child knows the difference between good and bad, train him. Train the Word of God said, train the train the child. You know in what way he should go, so that when he grows, he will not depart from it. Because a lot of children end up the way they are because of how children, because of how their parents let them be, and don't let your child be what he wants to be. Let your child be what God wants him to be, because God knows what is best. Because God created every child with a purpose. God created him and gave him to you. He's not yours. He's for God. So you have to raise. You better raise the child how God wants him to be raised. If you raise the child how. You want the child to be raised, and if it, things don't end up well, you will be judged. You'll be held accountable, because you'll be judged for everything you have done. And if, because of you, your child really suffers, um, if you don't repent from your sins, you will also pay the price. So as parents, having a child is a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of things, you know, there's things you can do, and there's things that you can also not do, because the child has his own will, because when God creates, he gives everyone their free will to choose what they want. And they do whatever they want at a certain point. But sometimes as kids, try not to leave them alone to do what they want. Try to train them in the way that you want to see them as their adults. Make sure that you, you train them up with the Word of God and you pray and you fast for them. Because the Word of God says, whatever thing it is you ask and you believe, it will be done. If you remember the parable of the fig tree, when Jesus went to the fig tree, and um, it didn't bear fruit. Jesus cursed it, and it, it shriveled. The, the tree just, you know, it just withered and just died instantaneously. And, you know, Jesus, he told the disciples, he was showing them his power. He was showing them how much, how you could just speak to anything, and just with faith, it will just happen instantaneously. Jesus told them that you can speak to a mountain to cast itself into the sea, and it will obey. So when you say something in faith and you believe and absolutely have no doubt, it will happen. 
But I tell you, to have that level of faith, what the, what Jesus said was, you have no doubt. Because just a little bit of doubt contaminates so much faith and brings so much faith down. That's why you have to make sure that you don't have any seed of sin in you. That's why you have to keep constant, constantly being sure that every sinful desire is constantly rejected in your mind. Because you, the temptation, the desire, sometimes will start in your mind. And then if you accept it, it goes into your heart. When it comes into your heart, you do it. And then when you do it, you do the sin, and then eventually you you, you die um, in spirit. What you have to do is that you have to make sure that you cut off the sin. Make sure that you cut sin off at the point of desire in your mind. Make sure that when you, do, you when you're desiring to sin in your mind, cut it off, reject it. Make sure that it's gone. Make sure that the desire that you have in your mind. Is, it disappears. You fight it off. Because if you give way to that desire in you, that desire will give birth to to you acting upon that thought. So it's very important to get rid of sin as it's a baby desire in your heart. When you don't get rid of the desire, the desire will, will, will be born into real sin. And you will fall when you fall into such. When you sin, you will fall and you will lose your salvation and you will be going into hell. And these are not my words. These are the words of God. These are the words of Jesus Christ. You need to repent from your sins. And you need to take over. You need to let the Holy Spirit move through. You need to let the Spirit of God work through you and do His will. And, and you know, you need to fight the good fight of faith. This is what the Lord shows me. That um, This is what the Lord, the Lord was showing me today. That He showed me that when someone has sin in their lives, um, when, when you're when there's sin in your heart, it's hard for you. It's hard for you to experience the love of God, because God's anger and wrath is over you. When you sin, you have God's anger and God's wrath over you. So sometimes you won't always really experience the love of God. You won't always experience the love of God as you should. It's not because God doesn't love you. No, no, no. God loves you. He loves everyone. Even the people in hell, He loves them. God loves everyone. It's just that just because He loves you doesn't mean you're coming to heaven. You need to love Him back before you can come to heaven. And if you love God back, you will obey His laws and His commandments. What the Lord is showing was this, that if you really love Him, you will repent. And when you repent, His anger that is over you will be lifted because God's anger is upon the sinners. Those that sin and those that don't repent, they have God's wrath over them. God's anger and His wrath is over the heads of all those that are sinning and all those that are unrighteous, all those that are committing abominations. God's anger and wrath is over them. When they repent from their sins, the anger is removed and they're, they're, they're able to freely experience the love of God. So for so many of you, you might not really experience God's love because of sin. Because when we're sinning, God is angry. And He's not angry at you because He loves you. But He's angry at the sin and what you're doing. Because He loves you. God doesn't want to be angry at you. But it's like if you sin, you will experience God's anger. God does get angry at... Yes, God gets angry at us. He gets really upset at us but he still loves us because of what we do 
because he has emotions. He loves us regardlessly, but he's angry at what we're doing. That's why we have to change, because when we change what we're doing, he's not angry at us anymore. So his, God's anger is at sin, and when you accept sin, you res- God's anger comes in, comes towards you, because you're sinning. Because God's anger is towards sin, and when anyone who sins, God's anger turns on them. That's why those that sin and don't repent, they will be left behind in a tribulation, and they'll experience God's wrath. But God, being so merciful, I thank God whenever, like just the just the thought of knowing. That God is going to shake the earth and shake the heavens before the rapture. It gives me so much joy. Like, I'm so thankful. And when I think about how God's going to bring earthquakes and tsunamis and tornadoes and hurricanes, when I think about all that, I'm so thankful to the Lord God Almighty. I am really thankful and I appreciate so much what God is doing, how God is letting the judgments come. When I think of that, I'm so thankful. Because I know, because it's it's been my prayer. Because I actually prayed about that even before I knew that judgments were gonna come. Before I I actually prayed about that. This happened to me when I was when I was in college, my first year in college. I had no idea that I I didn't even know that judgments were gonna come. And I, I just I just thought that the rapture was gonna happen. I just thought it was just gonna happen suddenly. And in my heart I was praying to God. I was like, Lord, I begged God. I was so scared and so terrified because I wanted God to do something that would shake the whole earth. That would, you know, shake humanity. That would wake humanity up. That would let people know that God is serious and that he's real and that he's God and that he's really coming and that people have to repent. Otherwise, what they saw, they will experience a billion times worse in hell. I wanted God to do that. That that was my heart's desire, because because I knew that with with mankind, with the way we are, it, usually we like to see things before we repent. We like to see God shaking things up before we repent. And I prayed for this, and I didn't even know that this was, was going to happen. I prayed for this, and then after I prayed, the Lord did something to me. He did. I had an encounter. He did something with me one time. The Lord did something with me, but I can't really explain what happened. The Lord took me to heaven, and in heaven, I was like, there was a discussion, there was a meeting in heaven. I'm not exactly, sh- I-, I forgot everything they were talking about, because after I prayed this prayer, I desired so much in my heart that the Lord would shake human mankind so much. And after, I slept, and when I did sleep, um, the Lord took me to heaven, and when I went to heaven... There was something very, there was something really peculiar that something something special happened in heaven on that day that the Lord took me there. Um, it was like there was a meeting, there was like a discussion. It was like there was something was being done in heaven. There was like something was being held, like something was being done, and. Yes, brothers and sisters, our Lord is a God that is eager to save. And in that time, when the Lord was ministering to me, I felt so deeply in my heart that the world needed something to shake them and to wake them up. And what happened was the Holy Spirit, the Lord put in my spirit.
to actually pray for him to do a great mighty shaking, to do signs and wonders, to do something great that would wake up all of mankind, that would wake up all of humanity to know that Jesus Christ was coming soon. So that was my prayer. I prayed very hard and very steadily and to 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 what I realized was actually what was actually gonna happen because it was actually what apparently even prophets had even prophesied even before I even knew that. Um, I even knew that the Lord was going to even bring a great shaking in the world before He came. So I'm really thankful to the Lord. So as 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 all of you know, that God is bringing bringing judgment. He's bringing different kinds of judgment to shake the world. I don't want all of you to. I mean, I, I don't want because some people get upset and curse God and get really unhappy that God's bringing judgment. But remember that sometimes when remember that in the past when God did things like that when God would shake when God would do mighty things always when God would always um, when God would do great signs and wonders in the heavens people would see that he was God and people would testify to him people would know that he was God there's been times where God has done things like this in the past and after he did this so many souls were saved because if God doesn't shake the earth in this day so many people will not be coming home into heaven and you know, it's it's what the Holy Spirit wants, and the reason the judgments are coming, it's there. It's it's mainly just so that people will be saved. What God wants is mainly for us to really just focus on His Son Jesus, and to be ready for the revival that's coming. Because what God really wants to do is to save us. What God wants is for us to be made perfect and complete in Him. That's the reason why He sent His Son Jesus Christ to come on, you know, to come on earth and to die for us. That's that's the reason. Why God, you know, is doing all this. All that God is doing is because of love. So as you guys will, will see that very soon God is going to start shaking things more and more. As earthquakes and everything, everything is going to, earthquakes are going to happen in diverse places. Everyone's going to be seeing the tsunamis. Everyone's going to be seeing a lot of evil people coming out. All these things God is allowing. It's just know that it's, it's not Satan that's doing this. It's God that is allowing this. And God is doing this because he's a God of love. He's a God that truly desires and seeks to save all, every person of every race, every tongue, and every tribe and every language. Jesus wants to save them. And God is doing this so that people open their eyes to the truth and know that they have to live a holy life and they have to repent and they have to reject Satan out of their lives and live a holy life. And they have to just trust God and just put everything in God's hands so that their lives can be changed by Him. So I want you, all of you, I just want to encourage all of you to to know that, you know, when there's a great storm, when there's a great darkness, God's people will be arising. The key, the main focus of all these events, and, and I mean, so many things will be happening, but what God really wants everyone to focus on is the revival and the coming of His glory and the transformations that God will be doing. He wants everyone to look at that. He doesn't want people to be really focused on the judgments. He wants the judgments to be known, too. He wants everyone to know about the judgment. But the reason he wants people to know about the judgment is to put the fear of God in them. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And when people have wisdom, um, it helps them to become saved. Because when people have wisdom, they're able to, to clearly see what God wants. They're able to see the light. Because when they get wisdom, it helps them get more knowledge. And the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, people perish. Because people don't have knowledge, they're perishing. But when... When these things happen, when God begins to shake the world and the fear of God touches people, when people receive the fear of God, 
they'll they'll receive wisdom and through that they'll get knowledge and as they get knowledge you see that the light of God will begin to increase in the world you see that it is going to begin to increase in the whole universe people will begin to change people will begin to repent people begin to change the way they live people will do things very very differently and more people will be saved so these things that are happening the judgments that are coming um I know a lot so many people are not happy about it a lot of people are not happy about it. But the Bible says, the Word of God says, in everything that God does, thank Him. Um, so, in all that God is going to do, thank Him for it. And pray that He uses it for His glory. Because God would not have brought this if it was if it would not, you know, work to the glory or if it would not bring glory to God. Because the Bible says, all, thing, all things work to the good of those that love God. So, as long as you're loving God, everything that happens, it's going to bring glory to God. So I I want all of you to be to be thankful and to praise God because I've been heard even people say that when the tsunami comes and people die through that and Christians die through that it's even God's mercy because they're going straight to heaven because God is just taking some people away straight to heaven even during the judgment because some people that will pass away will be ready to go home with God and in that day those that are ready they'll just go home so God, their their lives here are just ending quickly. They're not having to go through a lot of torment and a lot of darkness and a lot of pain. They're going straight home to heaven. So everything God does, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's good. So I want all of you here that are listening to me to understand that it's God's glory. Even in the judgment, there's God's glory. It's God's glory to bring these judgments because through this, so many people are going to be saved. Because back then, what the Lord did put in my heart was because... Because I saw the pain and the darkness. I saw the tribulation. I, I, I saw it in my spirit. I saw the pain. I saw the terror. I saw the horror. I saw the darkness that was that was going to be flooding into the whole world. And I saw people were going to be in pain. And I, and I wanted everyone to escape that. I don't want anyone to be in that darkness and in that tribulation. And what the Holy Spirit put in my spirit, put in my heart was to pray for God to do a sign or a wonder or something so great that would shake humanity. I mean, I wasn't praying for people to to suffer and die. No, I was just praying for something that would shake the world, like something that would shake everyone to wake up to know that God is real. So that they would so that even after the shaking happens, they will still be alive and see what you know, and 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 see that God is real, because that's what I wanted. I wanted, I I wasn't I was I was not desiring for people to suffer and die. I was desiring for God to just shake the world, so that people will see that He's real, so that people will see that He is God. And what I prayed for was exactly what was prophesied in the Bible, that in the end there's going to be calamities that will come, and this is God's will. And whatever God does, we should thank Him and. We should praise him for everything that he does. Um, I know some people might not agree or might not be happy with what God's going to do, but please don't go against God. Whatever God does, thank him. Because it's very hard for me too, because it was hard for me, but I learned to accept it. It's, it's so hard for God because I wanted shakings to come. But the thing with me is that I don't want anyone to die. I wanted God to shake the whole world and the whole universe Except I just didn't want anyone to die because I wanted everyone to see God shaking the universe 
so that the fear of God would touch them and that they would repent and be saved. That's all I wanted. Because for people to repent, some, at this point, there's so much stubbornness that there needs to be a shaking. So the Holy Spirit put it in my heart to pray and to desire for there to be a shaking in the earth. Little did I know that this was even in the Bible. And so I, 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 I pray for God to shake the world. I wanted this, but I wanted everyone to be alive so that they would see the shaking and then they would repent because the fear of God came, comes upon them. And then they get to even go to heaven. But what the Lord showed me he was actually going to do was that the shaking was going to be so tremendous and so great that lives were going to be lost. I mean, when when, when I found out, when I, when I realized that so many lives were going to be lost, it... It broke my heart so bad. I was I was so sad and and I was I was I was really hurt because so many lives were going to be lost. It broke my heart so much that you know God's gonna bring the shaking, but it's just that so many people will die. He's going to shake the earth. I wanted him to shake the earth and heaven. I want him to shake everything, but I just wanted everyone to survive so that everyone would see that everyone would see and survive after the shaking so that we repent. But what the Lord did was, he, he later revealed to me that he will shake the world, but it's going to be so strong and so powerful and so mighty that many people, many people will not survive the shaking. That after the shaking happens, many souls will be lost. And I mean, that really broke my heart. That really made me really sad. But, you know, it hurts Jesus too. Jesus is not happy that so many souls are dying, but it's 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 what he's already planned. These shakings and these disasters that are coming, they're what God has already planned. Like the Lord showed me that these things are going to happen irrespective, whether I wh- whether um we is like because these things were things that God has spoken of, whether we knew they were going to happen or not. The shaking, the Lord showed me that it was going to happen because it was His plan from the beginning. And it's going to happen according to his plan. And everything will be fulfilled. Um, so the Lord did let me know that his will will be done. And it did, I mean, it, it, when I think about it, it does really hurt me, though, that after the shaking, so many people won't survive. Because I just want people to be, sh- to be shaken and to be filled with the fear of God so that they repent and live holy lives. Because sometimes if God doesn't shake people, they never come back to him. But... The other thing is, I mean, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just want you to know that so many people will be losing their life. It's it's going to be devastating. It's going to be heartbreaking. That's why right now you need to get saved because what God has planned to bring, what God is going to be doing, He's going to bring earthquakes and disasters. What He's going to be doing is going to there's going to be so many people that will not live to see the next day. They won't live to see the next year. They won't live to see the next moment or the next hour. When these shakings occur, as they've been occurring in the past years, so many people will, that's going to be their their last breath, the the last breath of air that they're going to take in. So I want to encourage all of you, my brothers and sisters, to keep repenting, to keep living holy, and know that the Lord God Almighty is coming and he's going to shake the world with his wonders and with his glory. He's going to do so many amazing things. 
So with all that is about to happen, as as all of you know that these things are happening, are about to come, I just encourage all of you to prepare. Just keep preparing and thank God for what he's about to do and ask him to use it for his glory. Because God is doing this because he loves. All that is happening is because he loves. And the, this is what the Bible says about love. If God really loves someone, then he chastens them. He corrects them. He he Sometimes he punishes them. Sometimes he shakes them up. Because that is true love. And that's, that's why sometimes you see certain parents shaking up their children. They correct them because they truly love them. And because God loves us, he shakes us up. And because I, I loved God's creation, I loved all my brothers and sisters so much, I had that desire. The Holy Spirit put in, in me that desire to pray for him to shake the world so that people will come back to him. Because if God doesn't shake things up, people don't come back to him. Because people are so comfortable in their lives and in their sins, and they're not planning on changing anything. They're they're happy and they're content with the way things are. And they want things to remain the way they are. So for, for this reason, God's going to bring a great shaking. A great disastrous shaking. I was hoping that no one would die. I was just hoping people would see and repent and everyone would go to heaven. But God has a different plan. What the Lord you know, is going to do is so many people will pass away some will go to heaven, others will, I know it's it's sad and it's, it hurts to say that, but others will, 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 will go to hell. That's why you should pray now. Right now, just pray, pray, pray for all your brothers and sisters that you know that are not ready to see God. Pray for people that you don't know. Just pray, pray for the whole world. Pray for all Christians because it's, because it's, it's, it's I don't, I mean, words can't explain, like it's, it's so much sorrow and so much pain that so many people will be going into, but they don't know because they're so comfortable now. But there's going to be so much darkness that's gonna, that's, that people are going to go into. That's why now I encourage you to evangelize, share the Word of God with everyone you have. I mean, share the Word of God everywhere. If there's anything you can do to share God's love or to let other people know about God's love, do it. If, if, you, have the gift, if you have the gift of worshiping, sing, sing at churches, Sing, um, I mean, sing and let people hear, hear the, the, the um, hear the songs that God sings through you. If if you could draw, do things with your art, draw, paint pictures that will let people repent and come to God. I mean, do whatever thing it is you can with what God has given you, so that as many souls will come into heaven. That's the great work that God has put on us in this generation. He wants all of us to be made ready and He wants all of us to do the work that He's called us to. He doesn't want us to be lazy. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. There's work to be done. God has given us talents. He's given us um, gifts. He's given us abilities and capabilities. He's given us strengths. And He wants all of us to use everything that we have to bring glory to His name so that we can be made perfect in Him. Because when you use what God has given to you, God completes you and you become perfect. But when you're lazy and you do nothing, what you have will be taken away from you. God is calling all of you to become perfect. He wants you to become perfect. Because the Bible says, Be perfect as your Father. And heaven is perfect. God desires that we all become perfect, just as He is perfect. So, the way to become perfect is only in Jesus Christ. Is You find your true identity. You find who you are. 
in Jesus, when you believe in Jesus, when when you come into Jesus, that's when you realize who you are. You know who you are. God shows you who you are. And that's the only way you can become perfect is in Jesus. Because when you come into Jesus, who you are is realized. It's fully realized in you. And when you begin to understand who you are, God begins to show you what he has made you and what he wants you to be. So you know how you can become perfect. Because Satan deceives, pe- deceives people and he makes them, he keeps drawing them far, far and far away from perfection. He makes them more and more incomplete and until they're dead. When you come into God, it's the opposite. You become complete and perfect. How does Satan do this? Because Satan is the exact opposite image of God. Satan is the image of death. Satan is death. But God, he is life. And we're in the image of God. God made us in the image of life. Yes, brothers and sisters, so much sin, so much darkness, so much evil is rising up in this world. And, you know, the Lord, um, he, He's raising us up as spiritual warriors to fight and to combat, you know, the great evil in this dark age. Because there's work to be done. But, you know, for the Spirit of God to move, Christians have to move. Christians can't sit there and do nothing. Because where Christians sit and they're, they do nothing like they're dead, darkness will take over. Darkness will come and take over. So we all have to make sure that we do what we're called to do. We're called as, as you know, as fighters, as spiritual warriors. God is not a lazy God. Remember, God made us in His image. As He is, so are we. And, you know, our God, He's a warrior. The Word of God says our God is strong and mighty in battle. He's a mighty and strong one. And, you know, he wants us to be like him. He wants us to fight. He wants us to be warriors like him. Did we not see how, how his son Jesus was? He was, all, he was a warrior. He fought with the truth. He fought with the word of God. And he defended truth and always rejected and fought against sin. He prayed. He fasted. That was a, that was a spiritual battle he did. Because the Bible says our, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but spiritual and mighty. And, you know, it's through prayer, pulling down strongholds. It's like our spiritual warfare, our, our, the power and the ability that God gives us, it's, it's through speaking, it's through prayer. Because remember, the Bible says, you know, the power of life and death lie in the tongue. So the power, the power like that God gives, spiritually the power it lies in, in speaking, lies in the mouth. That's where power is. Because when God does something, He speaks. And it happens when God is like God's power. He speaks. Can you like even when you read the Bible? In the beginning was the Word. The Word is something that is spoken. A word is something that comes out of someone's mouth. And God has exalted His Word above every other thing. Like when you when you look at the Bible, you could see how much God exalts words and how powerful they are. Because when you speak something, it's like creating something. It happens. Because that's why the power of life and death are in the tongue. Because if you look at the Bible, Jesus is the Word. And Jesus is the most powerful personality. He's the, he's the greatest thing in the Bible. And He's the Word. He's the spoken Word of God in the flesh. And you see how powerful God's Word is. God's Word is Jesus. And there is no one above Jesus. Jesus is above everyone. And Jesus is the Word of God. So I'm just trying to use... Um, that to let you understand how powerful words are, so that you 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 use your mouth use your mouth to bless, 
not to curse people and not to say evil things against people. Make sure that your body is only used for good because that is the reason for a body. People are using their bodies and their spirits and what they have for abominations. No one was created to live in sin. No one was created to be doing disgusting um, um, things with their bodies and with their spirits. No, our body was not created to receive sin. That's why sin kills us. That's why sin destroys us. As I was saying earlier, our image is in the image of God. And when you stay in God, when you wait in God, when you grow in God, you will realize that the Spirit of God in you will begin to change. When you keep serving God, you will reach higher levels of perfection. Like God will gradually show you and He'll teach you and He'll let you understand and let you know how to become perfect. He'll show you how to be perfect. He'll teach you day by day because, you know, there are so many things that we need to learn. And as I was growing up as a Christian, there are so many lessons that Jesus taught me. There are so many lessons that the Holy Spirit was teaching me. And He'll teach me this because, you know, after the Lord baptized me, after I got, after the Lord filled me, the Holy Spirit and touched me, and, you know, gave me tongues, I could hear the Holy Spirit. I could hear the voice of God. And God would begin to speak to me. And there are times when I, I, I would hear someone talk to me, but there would be no one in the room. And the Lord would begin teaching me. He would speak to me about His Word. And He would teach me. He would give me wisdom. He would give me revelation on His Word. Every single day would come another revelation about His Word. And there were like, there were like classes that the Lord took me to. Um, I, I, I went through like a class, like one of the first classes the Lord was teaching me was about prayer. And then and then through prayer, so that was one important thing, like it's like it's one of the foundations of of the of, of a strong, good Christian life is prayer the Lord taught me. And then from prayer the next thing that the Lord moved on to teach me was um was was holiness. And and there are things he taught me between there and there. But then after holiness, the Lord is beginning to teach me about love. I'll explain these three in detail um, later um, in this time. But I want you to understand that when you sin, when you open up doors to sin, the image of your spirit changes. And your spirit was made in the image of God. So it's like, it's like you are, let's say a vehicle like a car. You know, cars only run in fuel or petrol. So that's where a car runs on. And let's say, instead of putting, let's say, fuel and petrol in your car, you decide to run by putting, let's say, soda in your car. When you put soda in your car, I don't think your car is going to work. It might even break down or something. Only God knows what's going to happen. So that's how, we, that's how it becomes. Because as we are made, God is a manufacturer of us, okay? And God is a manufacturer, and we are His creation. And who knows the deep things about a creation except the creator so god knows the best for you and he knows the greatest things about you and besides him no one knows the things about you because he made you he created you he he designed you he engineered you he did everything he made you so so if if let's say if there's something wrong with an item or there's something wrong with a machine, who do you take it to to fix? You take it to the manufacturer or someone that knows about how the item was manufactured. So that's why sometimes when people let you sick, the Bible says go to you could you could go to the elders so they pray for you because the elders 
are they're like people that know how they know about the manufacturing or they know how how the item was manufactured or they know competence about it they they know how to fix it but the main manufacturer is god god is one that made you and i and only he knows how to, how to make us perfect or only god knows how we can become perfect because he made us he engineered us he knows what will kill us and what will make us live because he made us he knows everything about us because he's our creator and he's our manufacturer that's why um to grow and to become like God, or, I mean, to become like what God wants you to be. Because the Bible says, be perfect as your Father is perfect. God wants us to be in His image. So God wants us, you know, He made us like God. He's God, and He made us like Him. He made us in His image. He wants us to be like Him, because He's holy, and He wants us to be holy. He is love, and He wants us to be love. When you, when you read the Bible, it makes it clear that God does everything He does to make us like Him. He wants us to be like Him. Because when you become like God, there is so much joy. When you become like God, there is so much life. When, when, when you become like, by God I mean Jesus. He wants us to become like His Son, Jesus. He wants us to become like Him. When I say become like God, I mean become like Jesus. Because Jesus is the revealed form of God. Like, Jesus is the Son of God in the flesh. And Jesus is God. So when I say God, I mean Jesus. Because Jesus is God. God wants us to become like Jesus. Because that's the only way that we can experience life to the fullest. Because there's a plan and there's a purpose that God has for every one of you, for all of us. But we don't know this plan until we come into Jesus. Because every truth is in Jesus. There's truths about all of your lives. And when you come into Jesus, because you were originally made in the image of Jesus, your true identity is found in Jesus. Because it was it's like when when you're living in the world, it's like you're a creation, but you don't know who you are. You've lost your identity. When you go to the manufacturer, the manufacturer puts your label on you, and you know who you are. You're recognized. So when you come into Jesus, you are called into holiness. You're called into a special pur purpose, a royal priesthood, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're called into. There's something specific. There's something special that the Lord has. For you, and when you come into that realization, um, it's like it begins. Your spirit begins to get awakened because, you know, Jesus is the full knowledge of God. Like when you come into into Jesus, Jesus will not just give you wisdom; He gives you wisdom and power, and His spirit. And by power, I mean God's power. His power, okay, is His love. That's one thing. That's one thing the Lord showed me. His power lies in his love. A lot of people don't notice, but this is a mystery that the Lord is letting me understand, that his power is, is his love. His power is love. And I'll explain this later. His power is in his love. That's, that's his great power. The word of God is, of Jesus, has been exalted above every other name. And that name is Jesus. And Jesus is love. The reason why we're here today is because God loved us. If you see what God does, what He exalts is what, you know, the things the things of His love. Those are the things that God really holds dear. Those are the greatest things that God cares about. Those are the things that God exalts the most. Love. That's what God exalts the most. His power. God's greatest power is His love. Because in the old days, God had power. He did so many miracles and wonders. But... What he wa there was a greater power that he wanted us to have, 
And that was the power of love. The power of love is the greatest power. And that's what that's the revelation that the Lord wants me to talk about today. The power of love. God has power to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to, to speak in tongues, to do so much. But none of those powers, those signs and wonders, none of them come close to the power of God's love. God's power is His love. His love is the purest and greatest form. Love is the revelation of God's power. That's based on which He does everything. He saved us because of love. When you know the Holy Spirit, you, well, you know the Holy Spirit has power. You know the Holy Spirit has so many things. But when the Holy Spirit reveals Himself to you, you know who, who He really is. You know His true form. And when you, when you know the true form of the, whole, the Holy Spirit, when you, when you know the deep, deep truth, the deep form of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit reveals Himself to you, the deepest revelation that the Lord has shown me of the Holy Spirit is His love. That's the greatest. Love breaks and overpowers and conquers and just it, it trumps everything. The great love of God. That's His power. That's God is love. He's, he, that's his, his, that's what he's, he's, he's been revealing to him. That's his revealed, the revealed form of God's power. It's his love. Jesus came in Jesus' love. And that's the, that's the greatest commandment that we ever gave. The, of all the commandments that God gave, of all of the commandments that God could have given, he could have given so many powers. He could have given, I mean, so many commandments. He could have given a commandment of, of, of saying, well, you shall pray, Ten hours every day, or he could have given the power, of, he could give the commandment of everyone shall make sure that they heal the sick before they die, or raise the dead, or do supernatural things, or speak in tongues. God could have given that as a command that everyone has to make sure they do this, or or let's say do something supernatural, or move in the power and anointing of God. God could have said that, but the greatest commandment that God gave was the commandment of love, because love is the greatest. Love is what God wants us to know and God wants us to understand. I want you to know that love is what God wants you to God wants you to focus on. I'm not I'm not trying to say the other things like praying, speaking in tongues and all those things are not important. They're gifts that God has. And the Bible says earnestly seek the gifts. And the Lord also wants to show his signs and wonders. All these other things, healing the sick and raising the dead and and be praying and fasting. All these are important things that God wants us to have. They're additionals. They're gifts that God wants us to have. He wants us to do things. Make no mistake. I'm not trying to put these things down or I'm not trying to make them look like they're irrelevant or they're not important. They're very important. But I want you to know that they're not as important as love. Because if you have all those things and you don't have love, you are nothing. You're, like an, you're just an empty vessel who has who, who is nothing. I'll, I'll go on to explain this this scripture. I'll, I'll go on to explain this revelation that the Lord gave me of love. Love as the greatest power. I'll, I'll 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 go on to explain it. But before I do, I'd just like to continue to talk about our image, being living in the image of God. As I said earlier, we were all created in God's image, and remember this: whatever that stops living dies. You don't have anything that is stagnant. Like you you don't have something that is in between or or is neutral. Things are either positive or negative. Like spiritually, spiritually there's either positive or negative. Maybe physically in the world 
they make things look like there's neutral. But spiritually, there's no neutral. There's either from God or from Satan. That's just There's just two sides. And as the spiritual begins to manifest in the physical, we will clearly see how there's just two sides. You're either good or bad. You're either going to heaven or hell. You're, we were made in God's image. God's image was a good, perfect image, an image of perfect holiness. The image of God is Jesus. And we were made in that image, that image of love, of compassion. That's why as human beings, as we, as, 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 as you are, um, um, you, you, you love to feel love. When someone shows you love, you get really happy. When, when someone, you know, breaks your heart, you get so sad. When anyone shows you an act or, or betrays you or does anything that is law, I mean, lawless or that is against love, you're unhappy. And your your spirit gets sad because your spirit was made in the image of God. And the image of God is love. You are made in the image of love. That's why everyone, no matter how hard, they'll try to deny it. No matter how some people try to act tough and hard and stubborn. Because they were made in the image of love, what the whole world is looking for, what they're all looking for, what we're all looking for, is love. Because God made us in His image, and His image is love. We love to be loved, and we also love to love other people. That's why people always, that's why for most people, they're always, you know, thinking of, you know, getting the one, getting the husband that they truly desire, or the wife that they truly desire, or the best friend. That's why everyone is looking for someone to love, to love them truly, because we're all made to love. Because that's the image of God, is love. He's love. God is love. He's love and so many other things. But love is his, is, as the Bible says, of all these, love is the greatest. Love is his greatest. God is so many things, but God is love. He's a lot, God is holy. God is wisdom. God is joy. He's so many things. But what he wants us to be is love. Because when you become love, everything else follows. Everything else comes like when when you receive the love of God when you let the love of God change you you'll see and understand how the rest of your life everything else about you will change and everything else will just begin to follow because the love of God it's holy the love of God is full of joy the love of God is full of blessing the love of God it has everything that's why Jesus just wanted us to obey those two the two commandments love your lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself because once someone loves, everything else comes. Because everything is like, because love is the greatest, everything is almost like under love. Once you love Jesus, Jesus has got you. Everything else will just come, everything else will just follow. Once you understand the love of God, everything will follow. Miracles will follow. Signs and wonders will follow. The power of God will follow. Everything else will follow. Because nothing, you know, can overcome God's love. God's love is the strongest, it's the greatest. Is the greatest, is the most powerful. So once you receive and understand the love of God, everything will begin to follow. But I'm going to go on to continue on um, on the image of God. We were created in God's image, which is love. So that's why we all desire to be loved, and we all want to be loved. And that God also wants us to love. God also desires that we love Him. He wants us to love Him because He loves us. You know, love is like. It's so beautiful. Love gives and love, love receives. You know how some people just like to receive and don't like to give? No, that's not how love is. Love gives 
and it receives. Like, even when, when love gives, it doesn't even look forward to even always receiving back. It just loves to give. It's, love is just so beautiful. But that's the revelation that the Lord was letting me know, the revelation of love, how it's the greatest thing, how so many people, so many people talk and preach about so much, but the answer is is in the Word of God. And in the Word of God, I mean in the commandment, the greatest commandment, love. Jesus knew this. That's why Jesus said the greatest commandment he gives us is love. Because love is the greatest. Love is what God has exalted above every other thing. Some people like to focus on other things. I'm not saying it's, all those other things are wrong, like prayer, fasting, living holy, all those things. All those things are very important. But without love, you can't even achieve those things well. Because you need love before you can get certain things. Because if you can do these things and you don't have love, the Bible calls you like a, a sounding gong. If you can speak in tongues, then you could pray and you could preach. But yet there's no love in your heart. You're just like a, a noisy drum or a noisy gong. You're just making noise. You're empty. You're just like an, an empty bottle, like a can, like a can of, of a drink or something, like a can of apple juice. You're just like a can. And just empty, no substance, nothing. Just an empty, just a container, just a vessel. Without love, that's, what, that's, that's how it is. That's how we are. Love is the substance that fulfills. But I'll go on to explain about our image. Our image is an image of God, and that image is an image of love. So that's why we desire to be loved and to love. So to keep our image alive, because remember, it's like, it's like anything that is not of God. Because your body was made in the image of God, and it was designed to only accept the things of God. Your body was designed, your spirit was designed to only accept holiness, righteousness, truth, love, wisdom, power, all the things of God, and not to accept the things of Satan, because God only accepts the things of God. God only accepts the things that are true, holy, and perfect. Wisdom. And God made us like Him. So, in other words, all, the only things that we are supposed to be accept, accepting in our spirit are love, joy, peace, holiness, righteousness, wisdom, the glory of God, um, um, truth, um, peace, joy, um, gentleness. These things are, are the only things our spirits can accept because our spirits were made in the image of God. So, and, and as He is, so are we. So how God is, that's how we are. If you want to understand more about yourself, then try to understand God. Try to understand Jesus. The more you learn and understand about Jesus and God, the more you understand about yourself. Because you are made, we are all made in the very exact image and likeness of God. So the more you understand, and the more you understand Jesus, and how do you understand Jesus? Go to the Bible, read the Word of God. And when I say read, don't just like read like it's a book. Because people read the Word of God and still have, they don't know anything. Remember, God said they that worship Him should worship Him in spirit and in truth. A lot of people like to do things vainly and vaguely, like without substance. By what I mean is, they try to do everything and forget and abandon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal God to us. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us how to live. If you want to go home to heaven, you need the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't go. Because He's the one that will change you. He's the one that will make you what God wants you to be. Because He knows the plan God has for you. Because the Bible says that nothing knows the deep thoughts and what is inside someone or 
something except the spirit that is inside of them. So in that same way, no one knows the thoughts and the deep things of God except the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is is God. Like, I know people say Holy Spirit, but they don't, they, I, they don't really understand. I want you to understand this. God is spirit. And, and His spirit is called the Holy Spirit. I just want you, I just want you to understand how how God is the Holy Spirit. Like sometimes a lot of people look at the Holy Spirit as a different person, and they 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 get it all wrong. They miss they don't they don't know they don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. God is spirit. So in other words, God's spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit. So God is equal to Holy Spirit. God, our Lord God Almighty, is the Holy Spirit. God is here on earth right now, everywhere, through His Holy Spirit. But there, but the Holy Spirit is like, he's, he's the Spirit of God that is here with us right now. And He is God. I want you to know this, that God is Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. Because the Bible says God is Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit that we know is God's own Spirit. Is The Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, is just like how we're a man. Let's say a, a man, okay? The spirit that is in the man is the man himself, his, because you know we are we are made in the image of God, and we're made in God's image of a spirit. We're spirit, so so man is spirit. God is also spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. But the Holy Spirit left heaven and he came here because Jesus promised him, promised him to us that if he comes and he leaves, that the Holy Spirit will come. So the Holy Spirit came. So the Holy Spirit is here. So the Holy Spirit is God. So when you receive Jesus Christ, I want you to know this, that God comes to live inside of you. That's why you have to live, you have to do things well. Because when you make Him sad, He'll leave. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, when you live a blasphemous life, when you live a life full of sin and debauchery and abomination, the Holy Spirit will leave. And when He leaves, when you blaspheme, He leaves and that's it. That's the sin that's not forgiven, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And when you keep the commandments of the Holy Spirit, you're, you, it's like God prevents you. When you keep the commandments of God, I mean commandments of the Holy Spirit, I mean commandments of God. But let me just say commandments of God. When you keep the commandments of God, you, um, God prevents you from blaspheming so that you make it home to heaven in the rapture. Because the Holy Spirit will teach you and will let you understand how to maintain your image. Because on the day of the rapture, those that have an image besides the image of God, some people, because of sin and evil, their images will change and they'll begin to look like demons. They'll become like Satan. Those people that, because whatever thing that you, you whatever thing you serve, or whatever thing that you're with, or you fellowship with, or whatever thing it is that you do, you become more like it. When you live in sin, when you when you live a life full of abomination, when you commit sins and do things that are against the will of God for your life, you end up becoming like those things that God has planned and called you not to be. So in that same way, our image is in the image our image is in the image of God. And what are the things of God? What is God love? As I said earlier, love, joy, peace and all the wonderful things that the fruits of the spirit in the word. God, those are the only things that God wants and God desires for us to have. So when you 
So when you seek God, God will give you these things. Because the truth is, God is the only one. Because the Bible says every good thing comes from God, only God. God is the only person that can give you these good things. So to live, because this, as I said earlier, if you put like soda in a car and expect the car to run, the car is probably going to break down. And that same way in your spirit, when you put any spirit in you, which is not the Holy Spirit, which is against the Holy Spirit. Your, your, your spirit will not run. Your spirit will break down. And a car breaks down and gets destroyed and gets towed away and, you know, is put in the car in, in the junkyard. In that same way, your spirit will, will die because the only way your spirit can grow is if you feed your spirit with the things of God is if you feed your spirit with the life and the truth and the presence of God. Is if you feed your spirit with the holiness of God. I'm, I'm telling you all this because I'm encouraging you and my desire is, is I mean the Lord's desire that He's shown me is, is for the bride to be ready. And I'm trying to encourage and help all of you to, to, to know how to, to, to encourage you to, to help, to encourage you to, to keep your gown spotless and to be a bride. Because the moment you, you, you get spots, you lose your position as a bride, as a holy bride, because the bride is holy. So I'm, I'm telling you all this, and I want you to understand and take these things seriously, because you need these, you need to understand and know, so that, because, you know, um, the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. So when you know these things, you, you don't, you don't perish. You, you, you won't perish, because... When you know these things and you obey them, you won't perish. Because it's not just about knowing. Because some people know what is right, but still do evil. It's, sometimes it's because they lack a deeper knowledge, but generally it's because they don't know. But some people also know, but they still do wrong. So that's where obedience comes in. That's why you need obedience. Obedience is like, you know what to do, so you obey. So all of you have to Make sure that you live in obedience. That's like key. Sometimes, dude, because you don't know, so you perish. So you need... So like what I'm just trying to let you understand here is that there are so many things of God. That God is like that when you comes into Christianity, there are so many things a Christian needs to do. It's not just one thing. Christians just don't need to pray. They don't need to just have faith. They don't need to just fast. There are so many other things that Christians need to do. They need to learn how to give. They need to show love. They need to live a holy life. They need to repent. They need to evangelize. They need to share what God gives them. There are so many things that, as a Christian, you need to do. It's not just one thing. Christianity is not just about praying. It's a life, and it has a whole great dimension to it. There's so much about Christianity, more than Christianity worshiping God, more than you could ever imagine, way more than even even than people than, than people think, way more than even even the sinful life that people live, that people think there's a lot of sins people do. When you, be, when you come into the Lord, there's so much more to do, a lot of work to be done, a lot of changes to be done. But as you do these things, you receive the fullness of joy. You experience a joy that words can't describe. Like I had this, I had this friend that, was, that I was encouraging to just keep praying and keep seeking the Lord, and he would do that. And he, he, he did those things because he obeyed the voice of the Lord. And as Christians, you need to... Learn to know the voice of the Lord and where the voice of the Lord comes from. Because the Lord speaks in so many ways. It's not just through audible voice. He he has an audible voice. But I tell you, the Lord speaks like so many ways. 
He speaks just to a personal. He speaks differently. He speaks by by voice. That's one. He speaks through emotion or impressions or intuitions you feel, or what you feel you should do. He could speak through thoughts. He could speak through feelings. He could speak through emotions. He could speak through physical feelings. Like he could like when I say physical feelings, I'm not talking about let's say emotional feelings you feel in your body, but I mean physical feelings that you feel in your body. Like someone could feel their um their could feel let's say pain in their body. And that's the way the Lord is telling them that there's witchcraft in the air, so they have or there's a witch in this place to leave. Someone could also feel like it's like it's like the he speaks to the sermons. Like someone could feel, let's say, itching all over their body, and maybe when they're feeling the itching, it could be that God could be telling them that um, they have to um, um, they have to start praying because a demon is trying to do something against them. Someone could just start crying. I mean, like physical things you feel in your body. Someone could feel something walking around their something feeling the, around their body. Someone could even feel cold. It's the way God talks to people. Someone could feel cold. Someone could feel um, um, minty. Someone could shake. Someone could begin to feel hot. Someone could feel like electricity moving down their body. Someone could feel like there's there's um, things pressing against their body. I mean, to tell you the truth, God speaks like in ways, like so many ways. And what I told you just a few, he speaks through visions. When it comes to visions, the Lord knows how to speak through different kinds of visions. Like, the Lord let me understand that he, he gives people visions to see in different ways. Like, just with, through sight, the Lord could show you things differently. I, I know people generally think of vision, but even just vision on with your eyes, the Lord could speak to you through vision differently. Sometimes he speaks to you through the physical things you see, but it's almost like a vision. Like, I mean, all I'm just telling you is this. Like, if I should tell you the things that the way that God speaks that he's showing me, like, I could list so many, like over 20, over 30, or over and over. Because God speaks so many different ways, like so many different ways, a lot. Like he could speak through animals, he could speak through symbols, he could speak through people, through items, through places. He could speak through anything, through what you hear, through what you see, through what you feel, through what you smell. He, he speaks through people through what they smell. He could speak like in so many ways. And I just want you to be able to know when God is talking. He could speak through people. He could speak through through the weather, through the sky, through through the stars. He could God could he could he could speak to you through anything. Anything. Through the Bible, even the Bible speaks he could speak to you through anything. He could show you something and speak to you through that. Because everything belongs to God. So he knows how to do anything. And he he can. And as a bride of God, you need to be able to identify when God is speaking and what form he's speaking. And you need to know that it's God. Because because God speaks to people, but they don't know that it's God. And the reason you should know it's God is so that you know that. Because when, you, because when someone talks to you, you could either listen, you could listen to what they see and do it. But even though you listen to what they tell you to do and you obey, you don't even know who they are or who, they, who who's talking to you. When that happens, it's like you don't give credit and praise to the person and it reduces your relationship with the person does not grow. So the reason why you should know that it's God talking to you is because God wants you to know that he's the one that cares for you. He's the one that defends you. He's the one that helps you because 
If you don't know who's talking to you, Satan will try to deceive you to make you think he's the one that's talking to you. And if, you, if some people believe Satan and then end up thanking and praising Satan, but it's wrong because all the praise and all the honor and all the adoration, it should go to God. The reason you should know that God's the one talking to you is because if you know who's talking to you, you give them praise. You give them honor and adoration. You thank them. And that's one. Two, if you know who's talking to you, you could build a relationship with them. Because how can you build a relationship with someone that you don't even know? So when you know who it is, you know it's God. Your relationship is built with them. And when your relationship is built with God, everything just changes. Everything in your life just turns for the better. God will just, everything I'm telling you will just begin to just happen. Like the wonders, the great miracles, God will teach you and will let you know. His power will just flow through you. His power will just flow through you in your life. And everything you touch, God will bless. You will prosper in everything that you do. You will succeed in everything that you do. That's why you need to to know God's voice. You need to identify. God speaks through so many pe- to so many people, and sometimes He speaks without a voice, without an audible voice. But you need to know too. But He does speak. I tell you, God speaks. He knows how to speak. Like God knows how to catch your attention, and He will. But you you can't resist or fight it because when you do that. He'll go because God is not a God that forces His will on people. He's a God of free will. He lets people choose. So God speaks and He wants you to have faith so that you grasp. You grasp what He's telling you. But as I was saying, my brother that I, I told what the Lord wanted, He obeyed and He did. And after just a few weeks, I saw Him. Like I could see how the Lord had touched Him. And, you know, He was changed. He was full of joy like I had never seen Him full of joy before. He was so happy, and his spirit just changed. I could discern his spirit. I knew that he, had, the Holy Spirit had filled him. And his, something about his spirit was just glowing and was just so beautiful. It was like he had a glow. It was like he, was, he had like this spiritual brightness. Like his spirit was alive. His spirit was shining with the glory of God. And I could see this on him. And he was so happy. It was like a divine glory of God that poured on him. And this happened to him as he obeyed God and sought the Lord in reverence. And, you know, he prayed and was diligent. He spent time with the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need to spend time in and with the Lord. Like, it's very crucial. Because if you want to, if you want to become more like God, because remember, God made us in His image and He wants us to be like Him. One way of becoming like God is spending time with Him. And... We all know, don't spend 10 minutes with God and think it's enough. Please, it's not. If you really want to get somewhere, 10 minutes is nowhere near enough. I know that we're all busy, and we have a, and a lot of people have work to do. But I tell you, some people deceive themselves. They let busyness become their God. What they do is they put their work first, and then when you do that, when, there's, when, when you don't allow God in, Satan is freely able to come into your life to torment and to destroy you. And when Satan comes into their lives, they usually get oppressed because they're so busy, they're not able to do anything else but just work. And demons will begin to tell you to commit suicide or do something evil or sin. And because you've, lo- you've lost your protection of God, because you pushed God away and you put your work or your job or your whatever first, because of that, demons are able to just easily take you out. Because your spirit is weak. Because no matter how strong you look in the physical To be spiritually strong, you need God. Just because you're physically strong doesn't mean you're strong at all. 
Because, in fact, most of the people that are strong, they're the ones that, in the spirit, they're the ones that are physically, don't always look that strong. You know, This is why I'm saying this. Because physically, because the people that are physically strong, they're the ones that spend more time in the physical realm, edifying their carnal, physical, fleshly body. They're the ones that you see spending hours in the gym, spending all their days reading health magazines and eating the best things, and, I don't know, just spending their time with the doctors, doing plastic surgery, doing whatever thing they can, just so that they're physically strong. They do that. And, yes, they do get their physical strength. They take in so many injections, so many drugs, so many pills, and, you know, they get they get physically strong. But the people that are spiritually strong, they're the ones that spend a lot of time fasting and seeking the Lord. You see, when people fast, their flesh dies. So, physically, their flesh will be weak, but their spirits are like giants. Their spirits are heavy warriors that could take down any demon, that could take down Lucifer himself. And that's how God wants us to be. I'm not saying God wants us to have a, 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 a weak, feeble body. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying with God, how your body is, He doesn't care. He doesn't really care about how your body is. He doesn't care about how your body really looks to Him. What He cares about is your spirit. Because your body is just a few years. Your soul is for eternity. Ten years or 30, 50, 40, 70 years compared to an eternity is nothing. You can't even you can't even put that even in ratio or even in a fraction. It's it's it, it, you can't compare. It's irrelevant. When I say God doesn't care about your body, I know some of you might have maybe physical complications where some of you might be sick or might um might might be incapacitated in certain areas of your body. Um I'm not saying God doesn't care about how you are right now. He cares. The thing is, He cares about your body because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord wishes that you prosper in good health even as your soul prospers. So this is what it is. God wants you to prosper in your flesh too. But His focus, what I'm trying to say is that He, he wants you to prosper in your flesh. But His focus is not on the flesh because the flesh is just for a while. Because when you when you read the Bible, so many people had their bodies broken, beaten, torn because of God. If God was the one, if God, if the most important thing to God was the flesh, then God would not have let anyone touch their flesh. But because God knows the spirit is what He cares about, He doesn't let Satan touch their spirit. He won't. He won't. Let, but He let Satan touch your flesh. Like Job, Satan could touch his flesh, walls around him, but Satan could not touch his soul, his spirit. Because that's what God really seeks to protect. Well, God cares about your flesh, but and just for a while, He still cares about it because He created it, and your flesh is His temple. Remember, your flesh that you live in, the body, your carnal body, it's the temple of God. God lives in this body, this flesh that you have, and He wants you to use it for His glory. So I'm not trying to make you make the flesh look like it's nothing. It's important to God. Because it's the vessel that you need to run your daily duties as a Christian. It's the vessel that you need to live a holy life. Like if you want to pray and fast, you need a body, you need a mouth, you need a head, you need legs, you need knees to bend down. So you need the body. And God wants you to have a good body. But it's not his priority. He cares about it, but it's one of the little things he cares about. The very important thing he cares about is your soul. Because if you have a perfect body, it doesn't mean your soul is safe. Because your soul's going to be living with him for it. Like your soul's going to be existing for all eternity. 
but your flesh is going to be there for a while. For some, I mean, depending on the time we have left, only God knows how much time you have left. But depending on the time you have left, for some of you, your bodies won't even last for for that long, because He's coming so soon. He cares about your body because it's His temple, and He wishes that you prosper in good health. Because when you prosper in good health, it's easier to serve God if you're in full strength. You're able to worship God with everything. That's why God even says that worship Him now that you are young. Worship God in your youth. Because when you get old, it's, it's, it's harder. Because when you get very old, that's when diseases and old age catches up. And when you, your bones begin to catch up on you. And it's hard for you to walk. It's hard for you to jump. It's hard for you to even talk a lot. It's hard for you to do a lot of things. Because your body is weak. But... But but when you're young, you're full of energy. You're young. You could do so much. That's why God. So God does care about the body. But I want you to understand it. It's not the way you think. It's not the way we care for our body. Where we think our body is everything. Where people spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on their bodies. When there's poor people that don't even have food. Some people don't even have a dollar to spend even in a week. And people are just thinking of everything about their body. No, that's selfish. Some people make their bodies their 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 make their carnal desires their gods and all those people end up in hell. They do. What God wants you to care about it's your spirit because your spirit is what will stand before him and will face judgment. Your spirit is going to be judged for what it has done. Not well because your flesh will be gone. And because if someone dies, if they're going to hell, they leave their flesh body and they go into a body of sin. I mean, a, a, I think it's a spirit, a body of death, and then they go to hell. And when you're going to heaven, you go, you change into a body of life, a new, a body of eternal life, and you go home to heaven. So these things are things that, um, that I want you to to know. I mean, this is what someone that, um, I think the revelation it was someone that went to hell saw that when people come to go to hell, they get a they, after they die and their spirit leaves their body, they get a body of death. And when they get that body of sin and death, they go to hell and they burn and suffer. And so it's like this body that you have, you leave it here. You don't take it anywhere. It returns to dust. So my focus really is on, I want you to know, to focus on letting your spirit be in the image of God. And I also want you to know not to care so much. Focus so much on your body. I mean, if there's nothing wrong with your body, then don't waste time reading, spending hours reading magazines and how you can have the best body. Don't waste your time spending days going to sessions and counseling and all these things. Sometimes it's unnecessary. I mean, when you're sick and you need some therapy, you know, healing, all those things are fine because God wants you to prosper. If it's medicine that you need, go buy it. Take care of your body. Um... But don't overdo it because people overdo it. People spend like 10 hours working out every day. Some people just overdo They just waste their lives on their bodies. A body that... Because some people, their bodies don't even live for that long. Because remember, you don't know tomorrow. Some people don't even have their bodies even living living for a year. So how do you know if your body is going to even still live and make it till tomorrow? I mean, you don't know how long your body is going to be here. So don't focus on your fleshly body, please. It does not matter... Um, how you look or what you are, it doesn't matter. Just trust God. You're made in the image of God. All of you are beautiful and wonderful. God made you in your image. For those of you that probably might have, maybe due to some mistakes or due to certain events or experiences, 
your bodies were scarred or marred or something bad happened to your bodies. Um, this is what I want um, you to know. That God cares about your body. Because some, you, some people might think, well, God doesn't care about my body. He does, I'm suffering in this disease. No, no, no. God wishes that you were healed. In fact, God doesn't wish that you are sick. He, do, he doesn't even wish that you went into that accident that you went through. God doesn't want his people. Because God's plan for his people is deliverance to save them. It's not, and to heal, to bring healing. That's what Jesus Said, Jesus said he's come to proclaim healing. You know, he's, he's come to, you know, to, to set, you know, those that are, um, you know, those that are in bondage. For he's come to heal the sick. That's what Jesus came to do. Not once did we ever see someone sick and Jesus was happy and just let them be sick. No. God never wants any of his people to be sick because that is not his will. That's the will of Satan. So if you're sick and if, let's say, things are not going well, you're not feeling really good. Um, what I want you to know is this, that it's not God's will that you are the way you are. It's not. Because God's will, the Bible says, that he wishes that you prosper in good health even as your soul prospers. So, what it is, is due to mistakes or due to doors you open to demons and to Satan, you got attacked or something happened. Maybe, you, maybe your parents or friends or something, this happened. Know that it's not the end. Because God is here to heal the sick and to set those and captivity free. So God is here to heal you and to set you free. That is his will for you. So you accept that. You accept that God wants to set you free. And you work on that. You believe in Jesus. Be like the you, I mean be like the woman that fought for it and just fought through the crowd and just believe and touch the hem of Jesus. Fight to get to Jesus so that you can receive your healing because in Jesus there's healing, there's life. In Jesus there is no darkness. In Jesus, there is no sorrow. In Jesus, there is no pain. So if you want to experience this life, then you have to make sure, you have to really make sure that you live a life that is holy and you in your heart, you desire Jesus. You fight for If you're sick, pray for Jesus to heal you. He will heal you. Fast for Jesus to heal you. If you get the chance to go to a miracle conference or a Holy Spirit-filled convention and a church that the Holy Spirit leads you to. Go there. Go there and receive your healing. Because you need, sometimes you need, you need faith for miracles. You need faith for these things to happen. It's God's will, but there's things that God wants us to receive that we have to fight for. We have to take it. There's some things you have to take by force. And God wants you to fight for it. Sometimes you're healing. God wants you to take it by force. So God wants you to fight for it. So you have to fight for it in faith. Get the devil out of your life in the name of Jesus and use the word and the power and the weapons of warfare, the weapons that are spiritual, the ones that God gave you. Use those to fight your good fight of faith and overcome Satan and get your blessing, get your healing. Take it from the enemy because this is the year of Jubilee. This is the time that God wants to set us free and to deliver us. But the enemy is still not giving up. The devil knows because this is Jubilee, the devil is even kicking up his advances a notch. Like, the demons and the evil that and the evil that is coming up against God's people, it's not going to be the same. It's going to increase. Because Satan knows his jubilee, so this day has people get set free. And he knows that every jubilee God does something. So Satan's going to try to do something. And he's, he knows that God's glory is increasing because we're getting to the end of age. God is wrapping up everything. He's about to show the world that he is boss and he's king of all. And he's going to, his will will be done. So what is happening is, 
Satan knows it. So Satan is even sending more demons, more diseases, more evil. But this is when your glory, the glory of God for you, it is the greatest at this time. Because you should know this. This is the year of Jubilee. This is the 50th year because the Shemitah just ended and the 50th Jubilee. I mean the 50th year. I mean this is the 50th year by the Jewish um, count calendar. And this is Jubilee, and this is the year that God sets free. This is the year that God restores. And this is the year that major, great events or, you know, other things could happen. You know, but, but for God's people, this is a great year that, you know, for God's people. But for those that do a lot of evil and are in sin, um, they need to repent. Because if you don't repent, um, judgment is also coming. It's going to fall on them. So, um... Um, so those that live holy will receive the freedom and the liberation and the joy of being free by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of libera liberation. It sets free. And that's what God desires for all of us to be free in Him. So for those of you that have your body incapacitated or are sick or are broken in certain areas, Know that God wants to heal because it's a tool, but He wants you to fight for it because Satan is fighting you to accept His to accept His will. Satan is fighting you so that you accept to be sick. Satan is fighting you so that you accept to be diseased. Satan is fighting you so that you accept to be a sinner, and Satan is fighting you so that you accept to give up and just fall and just go to hell. That's what Satan is fighting you for. But God is telling you, this is the year of jubilee. Rise up, my people. Rise up, Christians. Rise up. This is the year that God wants you to rise up now, now. Rise up now. This is the time that you have to get up in the Lord and fight for what rightfully belongs to you because God will give it to you now. Because right now, this is the time of God is pouring out His restoration and making things new. This is the time. This is the jubilee that Jesus sets captives free and heals the sick and delivers those that are oppressed. This is the year. This is that time. And God wants all of you to receive what he has for you. But it's of your will, it's of your chosen will. Like, you know, God is the gentleman. He still, even till this day, will not force people. He lets you choose what you desire. Because he's a God of free will. He gives everyone their free will. He wants you to do what you desire. He shows you what is best and what to do. And he leaves it up to you to choose. So I encourage all of you to choose right. Choose God. Choose holiness, choose peace, choose wisdom, and choose truth. Choose what God wants you to choose. Don't choose what you think is best, but choose what God wants you to choose. I, I'm, I'm also going to continue on that. So, um, for those of you that are not that are not okay, that are sick, or that are struggling with anything financially, know that this day that God will set you free and deliver you. And you have to believe it and hold on to it. And you have to wait on God because it's the time, but then it's going to come in different periods of time. It's like it's starting, but only God knows the exact day or hour that it's going to hit you. Because, you know, things happen in the spiritual realm, and sometimes it takes time before they manifest physically. Sometimes God could let it manifest instantly physically. But it depends on what His will and His plan and His purpose is for all of you. So I, I encourage all of you to just wait on God, trust in God, and just remain in the will of God because this is the time that God's about to do something great and mighty for all of His people. This is that time that something wonderful is about to happen. So, notice that if you're sick, I don't want you to think God doesn't care about your sickness. He cares. 
Because the Lord cares so much for it. Because the Word of God says, cast your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. Cast all your worries and burdens on Jesus, because Jesus, He cares for you. So I want you to know right now that if you're not feeling well, if you're sick or you have a problem with your physical body, God cares. God wants you to heal you. But you being healed is not God's priority. What God wants, it's not, I mean, He wants to heal you. But that's not his priority. That's like probably one of the least things he cares. I mean, that's one of the things he cares about. That's one of the like not so important things for him he cares about. Because there's so many times God has healed people and they went to hell. God could heal you, but it doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. So typically, like you being healed is one of the least things that, I mean, it's important to him. He cares about it. He wishes it. But it's not like his priority for you. His priority for you is that you get filled with the power of God. By power of God, I mean the love of God. What He wants for you is that you get saved and that you please Him. That's what He wants for you. I mean, He wants you to get healed, but that's just like, that's just something you get when you come in God. When you come into Jesus, Jesus takes our sickness away, so Jesus heals you of everything. So that's one of the things that you get, and we want that, we desire that, but there's a greater thing that God has for us. It's not just to heal us, no. It's... To let is, is for us to be sitting with Jesus. It's for us to be joint heirs with Jesus. It's for us to become his bride. Because if you're his bride, you won't even, you'll know, after you become his bride, you know that sickness has no power over you. So if, after you become a bride, you won't even get sick in the first place. But if you still have the mentality of, of, a, really baby, of a baby Christian where you really want to be healed and all you think of is maybe just being healed, um, that's good. God wants you to be healed. But God has more for you than just being healed. God wants you to be filled with His righteousness. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be filled with His love and and His Holy Spirit so that you can even heal other people, so that you can raise the dead to life, so that you you can please Him. Because God wants us to please Him. When God heals you, it pleases Him. But... God wants you to work to please Him. So what work have you done to please God if all you ever did was just to receive healing from God? I mean, it makes God happy that you're healed. It pleases Him that you're healed. Because He doesn't... What kind of father loves to see their children suffer? God doesn't love to see His kids suffer. He wants His people to live in good health. But what He cares about is that you live a, the life of Jesus. Jesus was not someone that wanted was looking for it to be healed. He knew that He was already healed. So... He was the healing power of God. Jesus is the healing power of God. And He healed other people. He rose the dead to life. And He saved souls. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to do the greater things. Because He has greater things for us. Because a lot of people just you know, think of receiving things from God. And that's all they think of. But God has greater things for you. What God wants. It's not just for you to be to be saved. No, God wants you to be saved so that you can save other people. God has all, God always has a bigger plan for you than you think. What he has for you is always greater than what you think or what you expect. And he wants us to know this and he wants us to to live according to this. So it's like because you know these things, you live a special way according to that. So I want you to know God wants you to be healed and you have to fight for this healing. You have to ask God to heal you. Believe he'll heal you and you will be healed. Because I could see right now as I'm talking, someone sitting on a wheelchair with their leg, something happening to their leg, and I could see the power of God right now touching someone's leg. When you need to be healed, when you ask God and you believe, God will heal you.
But after you get healed, it doesn't stop there. Go out and heal other people. Do other miracles. Show people the power of God. But it must start from a place. The place will start from, I'll talk about it a bit later. But it must all start from a place in your heart. A place of holiness, love, and truth. That's where it must all begin from. Because if you can heal the sick and you have no love, you're nothing. It's nothing to God. It's like It doesn't mean anything to Him. If you've healed people and you've done all this, and yet you have no love. To God, you're just noisy. You're just someone that is just working, but with no substance in them. And I'm not saying this because I think so. I'm saying this because the Bible said so in First Corinthians 13. I'm going to after um, I'm, I'm going to later get into First Corinthians 13, and we're going to talk more about the love of God. And we and I want you to understand and know how the love of God is above all. The revelation of God's power is His love. How love is the greatest. And that's what God wants you all to know and to understand. And that's what I want you all to know and to understand too. The greatness of God's power and His love. So this is what, this is what I'm, I'm going to continue on. So, so now I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that everyone understands that you know, you know, God wishes that you prosper and get healed. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to pray for, to be healed. He wants you to ask to be healed and believe and desire to be healed and obey His laws and do everything God tells you to and you will be healed. But He doesn't want you to focus on your body because your body, it's not His priority. Well, your spirit is God's priority because your spirit is eternal. Your body is just for like about 70 years. For right now, with the time we have left, I don't know how many time we have left, but very little time left according to God's plan. So I want you to focus on being filled with the love of God and, and you know, being being in the image of God because the image of God is love. And the image of God is spirit. God is spirit. So our image, the image of God in us is not the way we look. It's not how big your eyes are or how big your nose is or how small your lips are or how your ears are. I mean, I'm not saying it in a mean way. I know, I'm not saying it in a rude I'm just saying like, uh, our image is not the size of our our body appearance. Like the, the image of God, it's not. We all know it's not how our face is. Whether you have maybe the most perfect nose or perfect lips or what you think, or you think you have the most beautiful ears. No, that's not the image of God I'm talking about. Because some people could take it that way. They could think that an image is maybe um, having a face, having body parts, and having a nose and all that. No, 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 no. In fact, all these things were happening because of the fall, because before the fall, Adam and Eve were completely different. They were holy beings, and they were different. Like we are, because of the sin, we fell, and our th things changed. Our spirits changed. A lot of things changed. But before then, Adam, they were different. Before they fell. So what I want you to know. So what I want you to know is this: that. Um, Although spirit, although God, you know, gave us all these things, nose and you know, He gave us different sizes and everything, and we all look different. The image of God is not our face, or our skin, or our hands, or our hair. No, that's not the image of God. The image of God is our spirit, and we were originally born as a spirit that was holy, but sin, sin, sin corrupted. Okay, so it's like, you know. I want you to know that your spirit, as I said earlier, needs to grow. Because if your spirit does not grow, then it will die. If your spirit is dead, it means you're going... Yes, if your spirit is dead, you're going to go to hell. You need to learn how to... 
So, so I want all of you to learn to understand this, that your spirit is, is in the image of God, and what you need to keep your spirit going is the Word of God. Is this, is what you need to keep your spirit going is truth, is holiness, it's wisdom, it's the things of God, it's faith, it's the things that, you know, that God delights in. Like, what you should delight in should be what God delights in, so that your spirit gets alive and strengthened and powerful and mighty. Like, do, did you not remember David? Did you not remember David? David was so anointed, he was so blessed. God loved him so much because his his soul, his because David's soul, his heart delighted in the things of God. And when a man's soul delights in the things of God, God gets so happy. And when you look at the Bible, the people that did what God wanted, look how their spirits, their lives turned out to be. They were so victorious. Their lives were so great. God gave them and blessed them with so much. David was one of the most victorious people in the Bible. I mean, besides Jesus. He was one of the most victorious people. And he was so blessed because his heart was after God. He loved God. His, his heart was, was after the things that God loved, the things that God wanted. And because the things of God filled David with life. And because David was so filled with life, he killed a giant. He killed like an Ephraim. He killed Goliath. Because the life of God was in him. He, he, he did what no one else could do. Because he delighted in the things of God. He delighted in the things of life. And because he loved the things of life, although physically he looked small, his spirit was even bigger than Goliath's spirit. Because remember, our weapons are not carnal. The real battle lies in the spiritual. If you overcome something spiritually, you've already overcome it physically. Because David delighted in the things of God, the Holy Spirit filled him up so much. Like, because remember, when you see God, because your spirit is made in the image of God, the only way your spirit can grow in God is if you feed your spirit with the righteousness and the truth and the word and the will of God. David did this because the Bible says he delighted in things of God. He loved and he enjoyed to do the things of God. He spent his time with the Lord and in the Lord. And the things of the Lord filled David up. God filled David up with him. So although David was a young boy, spiritually, he was the giant, not Goliath. Physically, Goliath was the physical giant. But, spiritually, David was the giant. David was the one that was even bigger than Goliath. Because the Spirit of God is greater than every other spirit. Because the great Spirit of God that lived in Goliath, it made him even bigger than a giant. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Because our Lord is great and mighty in battle. He is so great. He's so tremendous. There is no one like our Lord or God. He is so great. And his spirit was living in Goliath. And because the spirit of the living God was in Goliath, in, in the spiritual realm, because... Um, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel, I'm, I'm sorry. I mixed up a few words. I'm so sorry about that. The true and living God, his spirit was living in David, not in Goliath. I'm so sorry. I mixed up those words. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry for mixing up those words. I was getting a little distracted. I'm, I'm sorry about that. The true, this true living God, his spirit... His spirit was living in David. His spirit was living in David. So because of that, David was the tr was was the true giant, and Goliath was actually the little one, the small one. Because things are not always what they seem. In God, the first become the last, and the last become the first. Physically, it looked like Goliath was the first, but with God, David became the first. So 
spiritually, David was a giant. David was actually the big giant, the one that overcame Goliath. He was the, he was actually the giant, the Goliath. David was the one that was a giant, and Goliath was the one that was small. That was a baby because if anything comes before God, God is always greater. God always overcomes anything because God. Yes, so in the spiritual realm, David was the real giant and Goliath was the real small person that was overcame by David because David was a, was the giant because he was in God. You see how God t turned the tables? Physically, it looked like Goliath was the giant, but spiritually, David was the giant because David was with God. And when you read the Bible, he delighted in the things of God. He delighted in the life of God. So he did all the things of God, so the life of God has filled him. David lived a good life. He was holy. He was humble. He was loving. He was compassionate. He was he was eager to save. He was eager to defend the poor and defend the righteous. He was doing things that were good. So all these good things, when you do good things, they feed your spirit. That's just how your spirit grows. When you do good things, the Holy Spirit, they feed your spirit. And your spirit gets bigger and bigger like a giant. So because David was doing these good things, he had a good heart. All these good things were, he was obeying the laws of God. So they fed his spirit. So he had the spirit of a giant. And so when David came, when Goliath came, David had already overcome Goliath in the spirit. Because David had the spirit of a giant. Goliath just had the spirit of like a newborn, a baby that could, that was, that could do nothing. Because God's, God, if God is with you, then who can be against you? If God is for you, then all of your enemies, they're like little ants. And that's exactly what God showed. That because David, because the Bible says David delighted after the law of God. He enjoyed doing what God wanted. How many of you enjoy doing what God wants? That's if you, if you want to be blessed, and if you want to have a long, prosperous, beautiful life, then you have to enjoy doing the things that God does, or the things that God tells you. You have to, I encourage you to delight in the law of the Lord. Delight, enjoy doing what God wants. Enjoy doing things that are holy. Enjoy doing things that are righteous. Enjoy doing things that are pleasing to God. Because there's only things of those that, there's only things like that that could give you blessings. That's the only way that you could receive blessings. You have to enjoy and delight in the will of God. That way you become blessed. What does it say in Psalm 1? It says, Blessed are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the example of sinners, or join those who have no use for God. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord. They find joy in obeying the law of the Lord. When you do this, you are blessed. When you find joy in doing what God wants you to do, you are blessed. So I encourage all of you to delight in the things and in the will and in the plan and in the purpose and in the intentions of God. Let God's will in your life be done. Let God use you for His glory. Let God fully with His Holy Spirit. Let your spirit receive the life of God. Let the life of God fill you up. Yes, so you need to keep yourself, you need to train yourself and learn to grow to become God's perfect image so that He could use you for His will.
Yes, so as we see, David, you know, allowed the Spirit of God to lead him and allowed himself to become the perfect image of God. He allowed the Spirit of God to, let's say, perfect him. I mean, when David was on earth, he wasn't perfect, because as long as we're on earth, we're all not perfect. But what I mean that he allowed himself to be, like, the Spirit of God to be perfected in him was that, you know, as the Bible says, that, you know, we should all be perfect as our Father's perfect. Right now, we're not perfect. But a day came when David became incorruptible. You know, David um, David lost his flesh, and he was changed, trans, translated into the Spirit. And, you know, he was changed into the Spirit. And, you know, that day he went, and right now he's in heaven, you know, with the Father. And, you know, it's like he's getting closer to becoming... Every single day, every single minute that passes, he's drawn closer and closer to the Father, and David's becoming more of what God wants him to be. If if he's not already perfect, he's he's be, he's being per, he's being perfected by God right now, and that's what happens to us too as we live our lives here on earth, and you know we 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 keep our 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 life and our faith and our hope and everything in God. When that time comes, when that day comes, the Lord will perfect us. The Lord perfects us. And we will leave this earth, but we are going to be we're going to be made perfect. We're going to reach perfection, and I want all of you to just focus on knowing where you come from, what you are made of. You are made in the exact image and likeness of God. You're not just made in the image of God, but also the likeness of God. The likeness of God is explaining that what God likes, God's desires, God's will, God's wishes, what God says yes and no to, that's what you're made of. So, in, in actual fact, your spirit has the same desires God. All the things that God wants and loves and desires, all the things of holiness, of truth and of peace, they're the same things that your spirit wants. But so many people are so far away. Because so many people will, will say, why is it that if it's really true that I'm made in the image and likeness of God, why do I desire to sin? Why do I want to do these things that, you know, that I know are bad? It goes in, you know, the story, it goes back, you know, to, 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 to the book of Genesis, where the fall, where the sin was, where the first sin, they disobey God. And... Sin came into the flesh and they became corruptible. But when they hold on, but when we hold on to Jesus on that day, we will become incorruptible. But what it is is Paul says that if you read the Bible, Paul says that it's like he does this is like. Yes, so brothers and sisters, if you read Romans 7 from 14 to 25, it talks about sin and the human nature. And it explains how, in the image of God that we're in, we are not designed to sin. And we don't want to sin. The truth is, our spirits don't want to sin. But it's like, as you are, you're not alone. Your spirit is you, but you also have your flesh. And your flesh and your spirit, they're like two different people. So, so like, practically every single person has, like, two different people living inside of them. That's how it is for you. Because of the fall, um, at first it was just us. It was just, you know, a holy form. But because of sin, the corruptible came into us. But but we're, we're fighting to become incorruptible again. But right now, the way things are, it's like we're fighting ourselves. We have to fight the sin that is holding on, that is fighting fighting so strong to enter 
and to become one with us. We have to fight that sin, and we have to it's like we have to fight our flesh. So basically, our spirit is what is made, and it, and desires God. It's not the flesh. The flesh is carnal. It's of death, and this flesh desires sin, but our spirit desires life. So our spirit desires the things of God, but your flesh desires the things of Satan. So there are times when you will feel that you want to do what your flesh wants. Other times, other times, you will feel in your heart that you want to do your spirit wants. Both of the one you choose will will usually determine what the rewards you get or where you end up. And depending on what you do, you live a life according to the spirit or according to the flesh. Because the Bible says there is no condemnation for them now for those that you know that that um you know. The Bible says that therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Jesus Christ, those that live after the Spirit. So when you live after the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, you will not be condemned because when you live after the Spirit, you're living after life. But our flesh is after death, is after Satan, and it desires that we do the things of Satan. And as we live every single day, we have to crucify our flesh, and we have to fight hard to do what our spirit wants what Jesus wants and not what Satan wants. And what really determines that is your lifestyle. Because more people have their f- flesh overcoming them than their spirit overcoming them. So many people are have allowed their flesh to overcome them because they've allowed their spirits to be lazy. One way of letting your flesh overcome you is being lazy. If you're lazy... Your your flesh will always overcome you. You realize you always do the sin that you don't want to do. And you won't do the good that you want to do. So that's laziness is a sin. It leads to so much. People end up in hell because of that. So we're going to pray. We're going to try to spend the next 30, the, the last 30 minutes we have to pray. Because we have to pray. Because the Bible says our weapons are not are not carnal. So many people, what they really need is deliverance. So we're, we're going to pray for deliverance, that the Lord will deliver everyone that is listening, because what we truly need, because so many people, you know, they go to church to hear the word of God, but the reason it doesn't really settle in their hearts, it's because there's a block there, because the source of the, there's like a demonic interference, and that's the source of their problem, the root is demonic, because we, we don't rest against flesh and blood, but demons and principalities, they're the ones that cause people to do the sins they do, they're, demons are the reasons why so many people are lazy. There's demons that make people lazy. There's demons that make people sin. Like There's all the things, that you, evil things you could think of. It's because of demons that people do what they do. And what it is is, so many people like to talk a lot. And they, 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 they sometimes you know, forget the power that can save and set them free. People go for counseling and they listen you know, to counseling. But they ignore the power. They reject the power that saves them. There's a power that could set you free from your sin. And it's God, the kingdom of God, who works through power. The power of God through love. When God wants to set people free and deliver people, you know, it's because He loves them. And He does it through His love. God's power is His love. And His love is His light. And Satan can't stand that love and that light. And he can't even comprehend the love and the light of God. He can't. Because what does light have to do with darkness? Darkness cannot understand anything about 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 light. But light knows everything. 
So what I'm trying to let you understand is so many people have problems and the reason they do things they do, it's because of a demonic interference. And the source is the demon. Once the demon leaves, the problem leaves. Because it's being caused by another force besides them. Because so many people do what they don't want to do. So many people do what they plan not to do. But what they don't want to do, that's the exact same thing they do. So if you listen to the statement, it's almost like someone's controlling you like a puppet. What it is is demons are oppressing you. And they're controlling you like a puppet. Because when you listen to it, it's like there's a puppet master somewhere. Someone is being controlled. Because when you listen to it, sometimes when you listen to some scenarios... It's like the person is doing what they know it's wrong. They know they don't want to do this. They want to go to heaven, but yet still they're sinning. Even though they still want to go to heaven, they're still sinning. And in their heart, they wish they would stop, but, but they can't. It's not that they can't, because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's that at that point, their spirits have been so weak, and they've opened doors to the demons, that the demons have taken over them. So at that moment, the demons have the upper hand. Unless Jesus comes and delivers them, they won't be set free. That's why as brothers and sisters in Christ, I encourage you to pray for all Christians everywhere in the whole world all the time. Because so many people need deliverance so that they can be they can change their, from their ways. Because if you don't get delivered and if you don't change, change from your ways, if you're living a lifestyle that is not of God, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to heaven. A lot of people, well, don't like to give excuses and give like a lukewarm excuse. So they make it look like, well, Jesus knows I'm trying and this. The truth is, if you really do try, Jesus will always save you. Because the thing is, the Bible says it. Like, without holiness, no one would see the Lord. If you're not holy, you're not going into heaven. I, I'm not saying this. That's what the Bible said. So if you don't allow Jesus to deliver you from your sins, it's like... You're not going home because sin is not allowed into heaven. But peop but I understand this that although we hate sin and we're fighting sin, we still commit sin. That is why we have to hold on to Jesus because a day will come when we'll be completely set free from everything. But we still try and we still fight it and we do everything we're supposed to because whatever thing it is that you're going through, it's like God has given you power over life. Demons don't have power over you. God has given you power and authority to cast out these demons so what are you doing you've been given power because there's some things that god won't come down from heaven to do for you he has given you the ability to do them and if you don't do them you'll struggle with them because some people don't have things they suffer because they're lazy because god has given them the power to do it but they won't do it although they can't they won't because god helps those who help themselves if you help your if if you if, if if you help yourself, you'll see God helping you. If you allow the Spirit of God to lead you and guide and to take over you, you'll see how the things in your life will just dramatically change. Because the source is, you know, the demon. And that demon has to be removed. That's why when you read the Bible, Jesus did a lot of things. But one of the things he did commonly was delivering people, casting out demons. Because so many problems people have, it's because demons are there. And it's sometimes because you have open doors to demons. Your open door is like something that attracts a demon to enter into you. Because demons always want to come into you, but they can't enter into you because you have doors closed. When you open the doors, that's when demons come. How do you open doors? Basically, 
when open doors are basically this when you leave the territory of God when you just leave the kingdom of God when you leave the light when you stop doing what is good when you leave the light of God or when you leave the fellowship of God when you reject God you have an open it's it's an open it's an it's an it's an um it's an open door to sin i mean open door open door to sin excuse my words i i almost said open heaven no i mean open door to sin when you leave god when you leave the light of god when you reject god you've 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 given yourself so many open open doors to allow demons to enter into you what do i mean by that let me explain okay when someone lives a holy a holy life when someone does things that are good when someone does things that are perfect and pleasing to God, when someone does things that are of God, what you will begin to understand is that the protection and the presence of God surrounds them. It's like how the Bible says, when you read the book of Deuteronomy, this is what the Lord gave Moses to tell the people of God. If they obey God's laws and His commands and His statutes, and if they do everything right that God tells them to, then God will bless them. God will keep them. God will protect them. God will cause His face to shine upon them. The blessings of God, the protection of God, is received when you do the things of God, when you obey God, when you do God's will. When you're in God's will, you're safe. When you're not in God's will, you're not safe. You have open doors. So that's what I'm trying to say. When you do the things of God, you get the protection of God. But when you leave God, when you begin to disobey God, you begin to sin, you begin to lie, steal, be unrighteous, watch pornography, do unclean things. When you do these things, you've left God. So what it is, is God can't, because he, he, he's a gentleman, he can't protect you when you're pushing him away from you. You either push God away and he leaves or you accept him and he comes. And you accept him by your deeds. Because remember, faith without works is dead. You can't believe in your heart that Jesus is saving me and then you're sinning. You're committing abominations. You're you're doing all sorts of evil things. You can't say that either. Because that's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy will end you, will let you end up in hell. Then you're like the Pharisees that are just filled with dead man's bones. Dead. No life in you. And so, this is it. Like, when you begin to sin, when you sin, Basically, when you're doing things that are wrong, when you disobey God, demons are able to just easily come in. Because when you sin, when you're sinning, you're in the devil's territory. When you're in the devil's territory, the devil could do whatever he wants. The devil could come, demons could just enter you. When you open your door, that's what the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Because every single day, there's so many open doors that people have that allows demons to enter them. And some people really lack so much discernment that when demons even enter them, they don't even know. Because sometimes when demons enter people, it's so slight. Like demons, like people, demonizations are so common. But a lot of people don't know how common it is. Like a lot of people don't have any idea how demons can easily enter you. Like people think, well, possessed people are the people that are crazy and, ep and are like epileptic and are convulsing and shaking all over. That's what a lot of people think. But there's people that are um, demonized, that have demons, but then they're okay. They look okay. They look perfectly fine, but they still have demons in them. Because there's levels of demonic possession. Um, there's low levels and there's high levels. Whether you're high or low, you're still, you're still, there's still demons in you, and you need to get them out of you. Because if there's demons in you, they'll cause you to do wrong. When you do wrong, 
you lose the righteousness of God. It's like the robe. When you do wrong and you don't repent, you you lose the grace of God. Like a lot of people don't understand this. When you do wrong, you become lukewarm and God spits you out. So the, the sooner you understand this, the better. So that you're not deceived. So that you really become ready. Because a lot of people deceive people. A lot of false pastors. A lot of people that are deceiving God's children. And it's so sad. Even today, I had a dream about this very big pastor that a lot of people see as a big pastor. And the Lord showed me that this pastor was like an, he was he was in a place where abominations were going on. Like the Lord was showing me very disgusting, awful things. And this is where I saw this pastor. And I knew that this pastor was so evil. I knew this pastor was not of God. He was a sinner. He was worldly. He was doing evil, disgusting things. Something was very wrong. So I just want all of you to really live holy lives. It's extremely important because you need to learn and understand about the image of God. Because when you understand who you are in Christ, when you understand your identity, you will begin to know what to do and what not to do because of who you are. You'll begin to know what will cause you to die and what will cause you to live. And when you do what causes you to live, you get eternal life. And this is what I want. I want you guys to all get eternal life. And, and I want some of you to make it to become brides. Because to become a bride, it's more than so many. The brides are expected to be spotless. Because not everyone is a bride. The bride has, there's a standard set for the bride. To get a rope, there's a there's a level like you don't just you don't just get it like a lot of people don't understand what it means to be a bride, but it's a it's like you need to be deep in the Lord so that the Lord shows you what it means to be a bride of Christ. To get a robe, to get a robe of righteousness, it, there's more to it than what people think. People just think it's something, but there's more to it. And later, hopefully, I pray the Lord leads me to talk about more about becoming a bride. But there's more to it than what people think. The bride is a very high level of it's like it's like it's I'll I'll explain it more I'll explain it more later because there's work you need to do to become a bride there's a level of like there's things you need to do to a certain like there's a level that you need to be at God has called for so many people God has given them the talent and the ability to become to become a bride but so many people are not working in those but I just want you to understand more about you know the the image of God and 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 how God made us in His image and how extremely important it is for us to be living in the perfect will of God, to be living in the obedience and truth of God. I want us to understand that. And so open doors, as I was saying previously, their open door is basically living outside the will of God. When you live outside the will of God, that's open doors. So living outside the will of God is living in sin and rejecting God. When you do this, demons could come and enter. And demons, when they enter, sometimes you don't even feel it. It depends on how sensitive you are in the spirit. They'll just enter you so smoothly. And then you become demonized in an area of your life. But you won't even know. It could be your sexual life where demons will take over. It could be your financial life. It could be your um, your physical life. It could be pride. It could be greed, jealousy, selfishness, envy, greed. It could be um, relationship-wise. It could be even with, with eating, gluttony. It could be with pride. It could be... Um, with with women. It could be with so many things that demons could demonize you in. But when demons demonize a person, the person sins, they're not going. So that's why I'm telling you, like,
to be in the image of God, to be in that image of God that God wants you to be in, you need to let God, the Holy Spirit, you need to let the Holy Spirit deliver you from everything that you need to be delivered of. You need to allow the Lord to deliver. You need to let Him change you. Because with the sin that is in you, you, you're not going anywhere with it. Like, you're not going to heaven with it. Because it says, without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. You will not see the Lord if you are not holy. So, it's, 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 it's like, so that's why, you know, I'm going to read what Paul said in Romans seven fourteen to 25. It says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. Listen to the words. He said, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. So this is, I'm going to start off with just verses 14 to 17. So what Paul was saying here is that, is that the problem is not the law of God. The problem is not the Holy Spirit. The problem is not Jesus. Jesus is the law. The problem is not, um, is not God. Because God has given us what to do. And we can do it. So it's not the problem. It's not like he's given us something overwhelming that we can't do. Because we can do all that God wants us to through Christ who strengthens us. But the trouble is with us. Because in ourselves, there's two very natures. There's the nature of God and there's the nature of Satan, which is the flesh, corruptible. And the nature of God, spirit, image of God, eternal and immortal. And, and he said he doesn't understand why he does it. He does the sin because... Your spirit that is in the image of God, it doesn't sin. It doesn't want to sin. Your spirit, like, sin is like driving a knife through your head. That's how, when you sin, that's how your spirit feels. Like, when you sin, like, in your spirit, it feels like you're, you know, like, if you would drive a knife through your head, or if you would cut yourself, or if you'd stab yourself, or if you'd, if someone, if you would receive a sharp jab in your stomach, or slap in your face, like, that's how your spirit feels when your spirit sins. When you sin, your spirit is in pain. Your spirit is crying and weeping. If I mean, if if you guys are like in like if you guys are like, I wish that most of you were very in tune to your spirit. If you're in tune to your spirit, you know what I'm talking about. When you sin, your spirit is like it's in pain. It's like you suffer. It's like you feel so much pain. Like you feel miserable. Like when you sin, you feel pain. In your heart. It's not just like pain because because when you sin, demons will attack. When demons enter you, they cause you pain. De- demons of pain will come. When you, when you do sin, demons of sickness will come into you too. But that's not the pain I'm talking about. Not the ones where the demons give you pain. But, I mean, that's part of it. But I'm talking about the one where your heart, because you love God, your heart is in pain when you sin. But you don't want to sin. But it's because of your flesh. Your flesh is the one that is sinning, but your spirit doesn't want sin. Your spirit is resisting it, but but something in you is just doing what you don't want to do. And and today I want to te- I want to encourage you guys to know that that part of you is not the image of God, and you have to crucify that part. 
You have to, every single person has to crucify their flesh. How do you crucify your flesh? As I said in, in previous times in Lord's Hour, it's through praying and fasting and asking God to teach you, help you how to crucify your flesh. It's by putting the Spirit of God first and putting the will, the will and the Word of God first above your own heart's desire. When you do what God and the Holy Spirit want, instead of doing what you want, you will realize that your spirit, it's like, it's like you realize that your flesh will be fighting your spirit. Your flesh will still want to have its way. But eventually, your flesh will begin to die. It will die more and more and more. You realize that your flesh will begin to be conquered. And that way, allowing the Spirit of God in you to have its way, to be victorious. That's what God wants for all of us. Because Paul says here, that it's like our flesh, it's like it's like it's almost like we're slave to sin. Because we're a spirit that is supposed to live holy, but our flesh is like we're we're encased in a body that is just sinful, that just wants to sin. And sometimes you don't understand why you're fighting sin but you but a part of you still wants to sin. Because the true you is in the image of God and that part of you does not want to sin. And the flesh in you is the part of you that is not from God, that's from Satan, that wants to sin. That 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 wants to do the things of hell. Because the sinful flesh this is this is not what God has for us. This is of Satan. This is of Satan and God wants us to be delivered from it. God wants us to change. He wants to bring healing. Because sin does not save. I mean whoever sins is just digging a grave to hell. So, so that's why, as like, for a situation like this, as Paul was saying, he does the sin that he doesn't want to do. For a situation like this, you won't really need counseling. What you will need is deliverance. Counseling is good, but some people need counseling, but not everyone. Some people need counseling, but not everyone. In fact, majority of people, they sin because of demons. It's because they need deliverance. Because because people there are just so many people that are just de- 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 I mean demonically oppressed, demonized in areas of their life. Some of some of the oppressions are so silent that you don't even know, but they're still there. They're still oppressions, and they need to let the Lord remove those oppressions from you. You need to let the Lord remove those oppressions from you. You need to let the Lord deliver you. So after in the next in the, with the time that we have that we're gonna just spend time, we're just going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to to bring His power of deliverance. Everyone just ask God, because remember, the Bible says, the power of life and death lie in the tongue. So whatever it is that you say, it's what you receive. It comes to pass. It happens, because as God is, so are we. He's given us the power to speak and let it happen, because when He speaks, it happens. So when we speak, it happens. So I want you guys to speak positive in your words, and I want you to declare deliverance. I want you to know that all the power and all the authority belongs to Jesus. And Jesus, he's, uh, when you become a joint heir, when you accept Jesus Christ, you also receive the power and authority to cast out demons. And I want you to command every demon and every evil spirit that that is in you, that is oppress- oppressing you. You know what is oppressing you. Some of you know what it is. Some of you know it's, it could be jealousy. It could be unforgiveness. It could be pride. It could be sexual morality such as lust. It could be pornography. It could be 
homosexuality, it could be bisexuality, it could be um, bestiality, it could be anything that you know is oppressing you. Ask God to get to remove it. We're going to pray that right now. But before we do, I'd just like to talk a little bit more about about how to how to receive the Spirit of God, more of the Spirit, so that you can become the image of God. What we just spoke about is how not to become like the image of how how not to become like the image of Satan by casting out demons, by receiving deliverance, by living holy. And, you know, what we just talked about was, you know, your image of God and, you know, how you can receive, you know, the Spirit of God but and, and, and how you can become more like God. But, Ryan, I just want to just emphasize just a little bit on more of, of how to let your spirit become like Jesus Christ. When you read Galatians 5, 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. There's a lot. There's even more. There's so many things. It says gentleness. Um, it says self-control. Against such things, there is no law. These are the things of the fruits of the Spirit. These are the things of the Holy Spirit. These, these are the things that we receive when we receive the Lord. When we accept our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, these things will fill our hearts, our souls, our minds. And, and these are the fruits of the Spirit. And love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All these things are things that the Holy Spirit gives. And we can only get them from the Holy Spirit. And these things, when you receive these things, your spirit will grow and grow and become strong. And you become like a giant in the spirit, like David. So that how David killed Goliath, you'll also be able to kill the Goliath and the demons and the fallen angels in your life. Because many of you know Goliath was a Nephilim. He was, he was, the, the Bible, when you read the book of Noah, they're referred to, they're referred to as evil spirits. Galatha is referred to as an evil spirit by God. So these Nephilims, God refers to them as evil spirits. So when you delight yourself in the things of God, you receive more of God's strength and power, and you become like David, and you're able to destroy and cast down and kill every evil spirit in your life. You're able to remove them out of you. So the key is that you become strong in the spirit. That's also very important. And also, too, I want everyone to understand that after God delivers you, quickly, immediately, ask God to fill you up with His Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you up with His presence. And when you get the presence, hold on to the presence and begin to grow in the presence. Because whatever stop, whatever thing that does not live dies. When, when you don't let the Spirit of God increase in you, it's, it makes it easy for demons to take over you because you're a vessel. So we need to be contained by something. So if you do nothing it's going to be easy for demons to take over you because you're going to be weak. So make sure that you exercise the Holy Spirit in you. How do you exercise your spirit? How do you exercise your faith? By doing things that God wants us to do. Work in your faith. Work in the Spirit. By praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you're exercising your faith and you're exercising the Holy Spirit in you. That's why I encourage all of you to speak in tongues. I encourage all of you to speak in tongues. Because even Paul, Paul encourages you guys, everyone to speak. Because Paul says this, that he, does, he wants us to earnestly seek the gifts. Paul wants us to desire the spiritual gifts, including tongues, all of them. Desire, seek, like desire the gifts. I, I wish all of you could speak in tongues. I really wish all of you could speak in tongues. Because it's, 
it's such a wonderful gift. But you know, God has different plans for different people. God has different plans. Because, I mean, God has different plans. But, you know, the Bible says that you should eagerly desire the gift. So God has different gifts for people. So I just wish that everyone would receive whatever gift that God wants them to receive. I mean, I wish everyone would speak in tongues because it helps a lot. It helps you to pray. Let's say if you want to pray for 10 hours. Um, sometimes it's hard to just pray in English for 10 hours. But with tongues, it's so easy. That's why I wish that all of you could speak in tongues. So that when you're praying and you run out of words, you have tongues. Because with tongues, you never run out of words. The words keep changing. You keep getting more and more and more powerful words. So that's why I, I encourage all of you to, you know, to speak in tongues. And, and also, too, so as I was saying earlier, when you receive... When God delivers you, when you receive your deliverance, when the demons are gone, make sure that you receive the presence and the power and the and the love and the joy and peace of God and exercise. I'm saying that again. Exercise the Spirit of God that is in you. Exercise your faith. Pray in tongues. If God is giving you, depending on the gift you have, use whatever gift you have. That can help you exercise. If you have the gift of prophecy, prophesy. Um, whatever gift you have, exercise that gift. Let God use you in that gift. If you can pray, pray. But that's why you should pray without ceasing. Because praying, you can pray whenever you want to. You can pray whenever you, you, you want to pray. And you can and so because of that, it keeps you growing. Because the demons, they don't stop. They're always looking for an opening to enter and to possess someone. They're always looking to, fill, to, to enter someone's life and to tear them down inside out. And you know, God wants to save. God doesn't want the demons to do that. So... That's why we need to pray, because when we pray, He's going to send down His warfaring angels, great mighty angels, to fight for us. I've seen in, these angels are angels of war. They look like they look like they just came from a battlefield when you see these angels. They look, you see the power of God. Some of them are just engulfed in fire. They, their, their eyes are blazing in, in God's power. They're, they're big. They have big weapons. Some of the angels are like 30 feet tall. Like Some of them are so big, and so many powers and abilities that God gives them like God gives them a lot of power to help us to fight for us so make use of the re the spiritual resource of the spiritual angelic resource that God has given us as Christians that when we when we ask him to send down his angels he will to fight for us and you know they're they're and they're all and they're so victorious and you know God wants us to do these things God wants us to fight a good fight of faith. And he has even angels to help us. So you, you can see God really wants us to succeed. That's why he's, he's doing all these things. He has angels that are helping us. If not so, he'd have, he would not have let the angels help us. He would have just let the angels serve him alone and just let us be alone. But he let the angels that are supposed to serve him, he lets them serve us because God loves us and he wants us to always be safe and he wants us to always be, you know, be close to him and always to be living in holiness. So... um you know, the the fruits of the Spirit, as I, as I read there, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, you know, faithfulness. It's, there's, there's a lot more. It spoke of um, of self-control, gentleness, and, you know, there's no such law. These things are things that you need in your heart. When you have these things, or when you exercise these things, the Spirit of life in you will increase. When you, when you, when you are, when you are, when you become more self-controlling over what you do, the Holy Spirit in you will increase. Like let's say when, when, when let's say someone tells you to sin or to do something bad, and with self-control, you say no. 
what it is is the spirit of God in you is 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 going to be is is exercised, and it's going to become stronger in you. So next time you'll be able to say no, 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 and and it's like next time with sins like that you won't even bother because you you gain self control in your spirit. The the spirit of God is, is you know it's it's gentle. This is the fruit that we need in us. Is is these things you need them as a Christian, because you need to show them, because the Bible says, let your light shine. How do you let your light shine? This is one of the ways of letting your light shine, by letting these gifts of God manifest in your life and in what you do. When you let these gifts manifest, and when you let these things manifest in your life, God's glory is revealed, and God's glory is seen, and people praise God for what you do. And, you know, to do these things, you need to ask God. You need to say, God... Lord Jesus, I come before you. I want you to teach me to be gentle. I want you to help me to be to be self-controlling. Give me the spirit of self-control. Give me the spirit of love, of joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Because remember, every good thing comes from God. And the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, they should ask from God. And God will give you. So if we need anything, Jesus is just ask and believe. Because we can't manufacture anything. We can't make anything. The only thing we could do is just ask. Because God is the one that he, all things belong to him and he makes them, but he gives them to us if we ask him. So I want to encourage you, all of you, to ask God. If there's anything that you'll ever need or that you, you know in your heart that you desire, ask God for it. Um, ask God for the spirit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness. Ask God and he'll give it to you. But there's a key in receiving these things. Holiness and having a direct link and faith and having like an open heaven with the Lord. When you have these things, they help you to easily receive these things because you can ask for these things. But when you're living in sin, and then let's say you ask God to God give me love, and then the next moment you go around sinning, and even forgetting that ask God for love is like you're just doing things that are just not loving. Do you really expect to receive the love? Because you have to open up your heart to receive it. You have to be. You have to be in a state, a spiritual state to receive it. You have to, in your heart, be positive, have faith, receive these things. But don't go around sinning and expect to be changed because you need to submit to God. Because Satan is around like a wrong line to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He wants to steal what God wants to give you. And if you don't submit to God, he's going to be able to steal these things. He's going to be able to prevent you from receiving these things that God has. So the key to receiving these things that God wants you to receive the key is just mainly having a good relationship with God. When your relationship with God is good, when God talks to you, you hear Him talk to you, you talk back to God, God talks back to you. When your life is like that, it's like that's the key. You're able to easily receive all that God wants you to receive. And in your life, it's like God's glory is with you, God's power. It's, it's in you and you succeed and prosper and flourish in all that you do for God. So to receive this, I'm going to talk about it more, but I mean, but there's not much time because we have to pray. So probably next week. But for now, I just want you guys to know that holiness is key. Like holiness is very important to to be able to receive the gift of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit, and to be able to let your image be in the image of God. Holiness is key. When you're holy, it allows so much. It allows the power manifestations of God to, to just happen. It allows the love of God to fill you. But right now, as I said, we're just we're gonna pray because because people have to be delivered from, you know, whatever sin you're going through, just 
ask God right now. Because, you know, Jesus says that he came to set the captive free. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that, you know, Jesus died and rose. You know, b believe in your heart that Jesus has the power to save. Because God could do so much. But, you know, a lot of people know that God could do so many things. But I heard a certain man say, one thing that really separates someone that war that has received the power of God and someone that doesn't is that one of them believes and the other one doesn't. We all know God could do so much. But the difference that will separate you from someone that will actually receive what God has is believing. When you believe in God, that's when you're actually able to receive what God has. Because God taught me one thing. He taught me that if, as you're living your life right now, be positive and have like a pulling attraction towards God. Knowing that whatever thing it is that you ask, pull, tug on God and know that God will answer. Know that God will do it. Like have faith in God and know that he's going to answer your prayer. Have faith in God and know that God is going to do the miracle they're asking for. Have faith in God and, and know that God is going to, 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 do, to, to, to show you what you want or to give you what you want. Have faith in God. Know that God moves. Know, like, know in your heart that is going to happen. Don't ask with doubt, but ask with full faith, believing with all of your heart, knowing that the things you've asked for and the things that you desire, they will come to pass and it will happen as you've asked and requested for them because our God is a good God. And you know he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. So God wants us to be positive in our hearts. Because the way you think has a reflection in your heart. So if you always think negative, you always think that, well, I'm not going to receive this, I can't receive that. That's how your heart will be. And if your heart is like that, your heart will be blocked off from God. And your heart will be full, full of doubt. And you will realize that everything in your life will begin to go down. Because you won't be able to receive anything from God. Because in your mind, you're beginning to perceive things negatively. You're being really pessimistic. You're thinking that things will not go through. You're thinking that things will not happen. And as a man thinketh in his heart or his mind, so is he. As I mean, as as you think, as you as as your thoughts are or as your heart is, that's how you actually are. What you think of is who you are. Like the thoughts that you have, the intentions of your heart. It's it's what you are because Jesus says that what is in someone is what comes out of them. What comes out of you, if if someone says a lot of evil things, it's because that their heart is full of evil things. If someone does good, it's because your heart is full of good things. So if you're sinning, it's because your heart is full of evil. So you need God to change your heart. So if you're doing something bad, don't deceive yourself. It's because the Lord is showing you that there's evil in your heart, and you need to turn away from that evil. If you're doing bad things, then it's because there's, ba there's darkness in your heart. As you think in your heart, so are you. That's how you are. That's what is in you. Because if your spirit is good, you know, the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The rivers of living water, they're flowing because there's already the river of life, the Holy Spirit living inside of them. So the Holy Spirit is pouring out his rivers of life through them. That's why when you have people praying and blessing people, you see the power of God manifesting. Because no one can give what they don't have. So if you give something or if something comes out of you, it's because it's what you have inside of you. If you're bearing bad fruit, it's because inside you're just full of dead man's bones and filled with evil. And if you're doing good things, it means there's good spirits and there's good seeds in you. So the seeds are bearing good fruit. 
So I want you guys to learn to know that what is in you comes out of you. And everyone, please make sure that you change what is in you if it's not of God. Because so many people, it's going to be sad. Because when what is in them is manifested, it's going to be one of the saddest things. Because they will be having, they will take the mark of the beast. Because when it's in them, it's like Satan. They've let their carnal ways and their flesh run their lives and overtake and overcome them. Because of that, they're one with their flesh. And because of that, Satan has been able to overtake and Satan has been able to overcome them. But God has made us more than conquerors. He didn't create us to lose. He created us to be victorious. And he put Satan, Lucifer, under our feet. He does not want us to live in fear and to think that we've been overcome by Satan. No, he overcame Satan for us. And he wants us to know this and he wants us to believe this. So I encourage you guys to know how important holiness is. Please, holiness is important. Holiness is key to receiving more of God and to let God change you. God has done so many things in my life. He's changed me and he's done so many things because he taught me how to become holy. And I still have a lot of, I still have a long way to go because the holiness of God is, like you can't even measure it. You can't even measure it. But if we try... He will, Jesus will give us His holiness so that we can stand before God. And we will have holiness, just enough, so that we will have enough holiness to call ourselves sons of God and children of God so that we could go home in heaven in the rapture. Because you need holiness before you could go home. A lot of people don't like to talk about that. But the sad thing is, if you're not holy, you're going to hell. So people talk about holiness so that people actually can go to heaven. Because one of the key is really holiness. I don't mean doing things that are holy. If you do something that looks holy, like someone prays, it's a holy act. It doesn't mean they're holy. When I say holiness, I mean a holy heart. Having a heart that is holy. You do things that are holy because from inside your heart comes the spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness is within you, so you bear fruits of holiness. Like rivers of life flow out of you because in you is the tree of life, the one that makes life, the one that created life, Jesus. He lives in you. So, He makes life through you. Through you, life manifests. And, you know, that's what God wants us to be like. To show His glory and His power to the whole world. We're going to spend the, the next few minutes we have praying. Okay, and I want all of you to confess every sin before that you have before the Lord. All that you know that is in you, that is unrighteous. Every abomination every disgusting thing, anything that you know that is in you that you know that is not of God. I ask that you, whatever is in you that you know that is not of God, I pray that, I ask that right now, you avail, you, have, you come before God and you just ask God to take it out of you. You ask God to remove it. Whatever sins you have, confess. Because the Bible says, if we confess our sins, then He's faithful and just to forgive us. We all want God to forgive us because we need His forgiveness. So that we can be saved. So I'm going to pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I commit my brothers and sisters before your hands. Father God, forgive us of all of our sins. Father God, in your name, all authority, Lord, belongs. Father God, all authority belongs to you, Father God. 
Father God, there is no name above the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, to, to which you subscribe, to, to which you ascribe all glory to. Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, that Father, you'd break every chain, you'd break every bondage, you'd break every curse. That is in, Father God, me and any one of my brothers right now. In the name of Jesus, I command all demons and all powers of Satan, every power of oppression that is over any one of us, to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Because our Lord Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he's given us all power, all power over all principalities, over all demons, over all witches and all warlocks. And in that name, I command all demons of oppression, all demons of witchcraft, all demons of jealousy, of pride, envy, strife, sexual immorality, fear, sin, and darkness living in any one of my brothers right now or sisters to be broken off of them and to leave right now in the name of Jesus. I break the powers of hell and the powers of Satan that are over my brothers. Oh God, that your will be done. Oh Lord, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that you would send out your mighty warrior angels or archangels to come and to defend your people. Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus that you would break the chains, Lord, of sin that are over your people. Oh, Father God, bless and deliver people right now. Oh, break the chains and break the yokes of Satan. Oh, break the works of Satan oppressing your people right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I command all demons to leave the people that are listening now in the name of Jesus. If you're listening, receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. Ask God to deliver. Ask God to remove the demons and to remove the chains and to set you free because he shed his blood on that cross to set you all free. Oh, Father God, set my brothers and sisters free. I declare freedom. I decree freedom over them in the name. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.